Welcome to the Broken Token Podcast. All right, we can start whenever you want. I'm ready to go whenever you are, man. Are you sure? I, I am 100%. <laughs> I think we just started the show. Oh, good, good. Well, <clears throat> it feels so good to be back. How about that? I don't know. It's a little chilly down here. And, Boy, it uh, is. You're in, as I count from here, three shirts, a toboggan, and shorts. <laughs> uh, yes, you know, you know, it's so funny that you uh, that you mentioned that because uh, both my wife and my daughter uh, routinely comment on my choice of clothes during cold weather times. And I am one of, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, one of those guys, you know, <laughs> that I will wear shorts in 10 degrees, but I put on two sweatshirts, uh, it, two t-shirts and a really thick coat and a toboggan, but I'll go outside in shorts. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I think, it's the weirdest thing in the world. I know. I think David Corrigan does the same. I think his, I knew I liked that guy. I mean, he's, I mean, he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Before I go, <laughs> I mean, his show's cool and all, but it's. I, I'm on the other side of it. I feel like I'm perpetually cold. I mean, I came oh, down I do here. Too. I do too. I came down here today and set up a, a heater so the studio was somewhat toasty. Yeah. You know, uh, it, knock the chill off. It, it does feel a lot better, but I, I will say that what I have noticed is as the years have kind of piled on this body of mine, and then I combine right with you. Yeah. And then I combine that with losing all the weight that I lost. I, I'm perpetually cold. I, tr- yeah. I truly am perpetually cold. But the, the weird thing about it is, is my legs aren't cold. They, I, I mean, rarely are they. Where I feel it is is in my arms, my hands, and in, in my upper body. Hence the three shirts and the toboggan. So it, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. For, for folks living in, in more... I guess warmer climates Climate, yeah. or like I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I, one of the guys I work with, he uh, he's down in South Florida. Oh man, and he, he's lucky. He just giggles at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He goes, "Why why are you living up there again? Yeah, why do you stay there? Yeah, I get it all the time. Get it all the time." I said something about snow, and he's like, I, I, "What did he say?" I, um, he I asked, I said, "Have you ever seen snow?" And he said, "On television." Yeah, yeah, and that's all I ever want to see. And, and trust me, I get that. I get that. I have no love for snow at all. I mean, when I see, snow, I like snow, no, despite no, the no. fact that I'm perpetually cold. Mm-hmm. And I, I ever anybody that's ever seen me in person, they know I'm not. A, I'm not a very very big person. I mean, I I cash in at about one fifty five. Yeah, and I'm like what five seven five eight. Yeah, so I'm not very big. Yeah, and I just yeah I'm I'm always just kind of like a little chilly. Just a little chilly. I, yep. I, I, I am slowly becoming my grandmother. Yeah. And this is this is how this, <laughs> this goes. How it happens. Yeah. And the thing about it is my favorite time of year is June, July, August, and September because it's like I feel like I'm not cold during those months. But anything leading up to it and anything after, it's like, whew. A little bit chilly around here. <laughs> it's a little rough I up need in to, here. I need to go get my third shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are we here to do? We talk about games. We we are arcade here stuff. To, we are here pinball to talk machines, about arcade consoles. stuff, pinball machines, consoles, and uh, and hopefully have a much lighter show than we had last time around. So yeah, the last couple have been 
interesting. They, they yeah, have the last two. They, they have, and they say that it comes in threes. And uh, we we cannot let this show go without acknowledging uh, w- uh, an, an event in the in the pinball industry. But we'll we'll get to that at the end okay. of the show. We'll save that towards the end. But uh, sad days there. But yes, yeah, so let's uh, let's turn it to much uh, much brighter times. How about that? All right. So I I need to check my email. I've made a plea, and I'm about to make another plea. Okay. And uh, what? For, We're 103 episodes in. Is the plea any different than it has been in the past? No, it's. <laughs> I think it just shifts. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right. And, and for those that do send email into the show, I mean, it over the last couple years, I, I am famous for not being very social on social media. I've just I've just gotten away from it. Check multiple past shows for reasoning yeah and uh um i mean it's all understandable yeah I, I get it yeah and i am really bad and i shouldn't be i've gotten bad as of late about our email but whitney and i were just talking one of the one of the behind the scenes things that we that we do to run the show and for us to stay in communication it's going to actually integrate where we're trading files and email account and all that stuff so uh, I'll be a lot better because I'm going to be there. Y- yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I'm sure you're going to see some email in there because anytime we get like show feedback, I, ca- I, I carbon you on it, even though, <laughs> even though I know you're not going to, you're not going to read it <laughs> for any time soon, you know, but it's all good. He takes good, such good care of we, me. We got it. We got to keep it all in check, you know? Uh, but so there, I may actually have something out there about this, and in all in all honesty, I'd completely forgotten that I mentioned it on the last show until I was going through notes for this show. I am still trying to figure out a toolkit solution. Oh, dude, a traveling toolkit solution. Yeah, and, and you know something, I was when I was doing the show notes for for last for for the last episode. I mean, I was looking at those Milwaukee bags. And the, the and one I, that I'd mentioned, the, yes, the, the tech something? Yes, yes, yes. And I, I'm telling you, the more I looked at it, the more I liked it. But I haven't bought it yet. And and I don't know if I am at this point either. But I but I like I like the looks of it anyway. So a quick recap. What I've got now is a Harbor Freight like case. Like it's like mm. suitcase, like briefcase size. Yeah. And what I like about it is I can carry a lot in it. And I've got quick access to everything. And the things that I use very often, there's a card or a, not a card, it's hard, it's a little thicker than a card, but um, an insert that goes in the top of the case with a bunch of little little pockets in it. Yeah. And you, I've got like all my nut drivers in it, all the common screwdrivers I use in it, stuff that I'm going to use like 80, 85% of the time when I'm, when I'm into something versus just like a toolbox where you're rummaging around. I'm actually going through this now too with my my remote control car, my RC car kit. But that's if I solve one, I probably solve the other. And as another recap, I in trying to find like a more commercial slash industrial version of that versus like the consumer quality thing that I'm getting at Harbor Freight that I keep just bursting out of yes they nobody really makes that anymore that's just not the way of the world it's not today it's not no and what i'm afraid of with the milwaukee thing that we talked about and I, if, i'd have to look back at a show note to see what the name it was the milwaukee tech to uh, see yeah the dope the milwaukee tech bag i haven't seen one in person but 
I'd, I'd have to actually, I, I'd want to see one just to see what the form factor is and how physically large it is and, yeah. or get the dimensions of it at least and try to envision it. And I guess worst case, I mean, Amazon, you can always return it. Just, if you yeah. If you it. get one, you can, you could return it. Yeah. It's the Milwaukee pack out tech bag is what it is. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, if I talk about it too much, I'll order one because I, I do like the looks of it, but I, and I've seen pictures. I haven't seen one in person and that's uh, sometimes pictures just don't do it justice even if you know the yeah. dimensions yeah so anyway i was in a lowe's here recently so you know, people in the u.s i'm sure they realize what a lowe's is for our foreign listeners a lowe's is just a large hardware type store hardware home improvement home, type yep, store exactly. big box home improvement store yep so the craftsman brand they had a s- soft side yet rigid case pouch like thing. I don't know how to describe it it doesn't fold in on itself like a tool bag but it's like made of a canvas material with with I guess some sort of plastic wall in inside the cat the canvas uh sleeves if you will the sides so that it keeps a form with a pretty hefty fold down handle and then the thing that I loved about it was inside of it was ringed with just tons of little pockets Okay. like screwdriver width and a handful that were a little wider like for pliers and i'm like this is it because i can put everything around it and then it had a center section that was velcroed in and you could move it forward and back in the in the width of the the, the bag if you will so you could have um and it had pockets on it too but the open space you could adjust so like i had some bigger things like i mean i, I carry a small hammer I mean, it seems kind of odd to need that for arcade games, but you don't know how many times I've had to air quotes adjust a coin door. Mm-hmm. You just tap, 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 you know, yeah. carry a hammer. So I thought this is perfect. I bought one and it ended up being an abject failure because if anything, <laughs> it was too big. Huh? It, it was just, it was way too big. Yeah. I'm looking at it right it, now and it's got like this really, it's got this really large plastic handle that kind of comes up at, and it's almost like an arch that goes over the bag. Yep. And even just with the picture I, that I, I put in our one note here, I mean, it looks like a big bag. It, it's, it looks it's like big. a real big bag. It's fairly big. Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I put, I moved everything into it. It swallowed everything that I carried, but it felt like it was three times heavier. And it's yeah. not that heavy. I think really just what it was, the size of it, it, uh-huh. it, it just, it was like a lever yeah, it's acting almost, on me. Yeah, it's almost like you have to lug it. Again, I, I'm, a, I'm a little guy. Yeah, no, I, I get it. <laughs> I'm yeah. feisty, but I'm little. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you by looking at this bag that. I, I can I can see it as an interesting experiment, but this is not what I'm after. No, yeah, yeah. I I, t- I ended up taking it back. Yeah, I mean it. The the bag US was eighty dollars. It was like seventy nine some change. I, craftsman, I like craftsman stuff for what it is. I think or what it was. Yeah, for what it was. That's probably yeah. a better way to put it. One hundred percent. I think a lot of it is just now they're riding a little bit on the name, but this was it was made very well. I think the price was just a shade high, but I looked at it as, okay, if this works and solves my problem, it's worth it. And it just, I I think it was put together well. It just didn't work for me. I'm still kind of (laughs) looking. I ended up putting everything back in my old Harbor Freight case that's actually screwed together on the corners now with self-tappers because it was pushing itself apart. 
and uh, um, I'm still on the hunt. Yeah, it's a hunt, no doubt, because, I, I mean, I can't really find what I want, and every, everything that I use, even at my house, feels like a concession of sorts. You know, I'll, I'll take... I'll take a you know a cart and wheel it around. Well, that's handy, but but nothing nothing takes the place of a good tool bag. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a good tool bag, and it, it kind of bums me out because I feel like I I feel like I piece and part everything together when I go to work on something, and you got to make four trips to get this or whatever. It's just I, I'm almost to the point of the cases like I'm talking about. They're available. There's a couple brands. They're available like secondhand on ebay uh-huh and some of them um man that might be your best bet seriously well, there was a company called time motion and then they uh, time motion tools and i remember these from back in the day they would make these tech cases that were like the one i saw most often was like for a telecom so mm-hmm. it was kind of almost industry specific mm-hmm. and i've seen a lot of those cases that are stripped out so it's just the case and then that insert with all the pockets and then I, there's a couple other companies that made them, and I guess they were more like a modular thing. Here's the base case, and you know, back in the day, you could maybe buy the base case and had an insert, and then buy additional inserts, and some of them would fold out like a door. Yeah. And yeah. I've honestly, I've almost thought of just doing that, just buying an old used case, and they look a little beat up. But they're also made to be beat up because yeah. they're, they're made for every day, up and down, open a million times. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I may actually just fall back to that. The, the downside with that is, is if I bring it home and study it, I'm kind of stuck with it because I'm it's an eBay thing. It's it, not that, like, yeah, that's true. And whatever, and whatever, a pricey. And they're going yeah. to be pricey. There's no doubt about it. So yeah, I'm. If anybody out there has got any suggestions, you kind of know what I'm looking for in in the the method of operation that I have. I'm I'm used to this briefcase size case with um like pockets on the inside of the lid where all my common stuff is, and I I mean I pack that thing full. I, I've been known to. I think I'm on my third or fourth one, and this one I have. I, I had it maybe a week, and I went to pick it up and now it yeah and i was holding the handle yeah it, i mean it was enough weight that i mean it pulled the handle right out of course it's not made very well <laughs> yeah you know but still but still yeah kind of is what it is other than that uh i'm, I'm still kind of cranking on games i'm getting ready for louisville arcade expo we'll talk a little bit about that uh a little bit more about that here later in the show but la- when i last left you all i was working on a championship sprint and it is all but done right now and i say all but done i'm waiting for the weather to warm up tonight would have been a great night but i'm sitting here with you because it it warmed up a little bit it's in the 40s here which is kind of warm it's been in the 20s 20s or teens yeah yeah i need a a little bit of a warmer weather to actually just get out and just clean it other than that rebuilt a monitor for it i went ended up with a and i I had this it kind of in my stock if you will as one does yeah i had a medium res k7000 <laughs> as one does <laughs> as one does oh yes so the k7000s there, there's like 400 million flavors of a k7000 and then there's even some in the k7000 line i think it's the 7500s that aren't the k7000 that we all know and love 
So there's even a K7000 that isn't a K7000. <laughs> and when you get the medium res ones, there's like this whole mystery about how to even determine if it's a medium res because it's just like one or two things that if you if you're in the know and you know the secret knock and the password and the wink you know what's changed on the board that makes it a medium res. Okay. One of the things I did kind of pick up though is, and I already had this labeled, but I was going back. I remember putting it on the shelf forever ago. So I was kind of trying to re-verify what it was. And I think this is right. If you have a K7000 and the last number is a five, like 7105. I just made that up. Because I know there is a 7100. 7105. The last number is a 5. If it's a 5, those are supposed to be medium reses. Whether it's 19s or I guess 25s. 25 inches. I, I have like no medium res games. So yeah, Neither do I. So I, I mean, I, I'm going to have to plead ignorance on this. And uh, the good thing is I don't have to feign it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it's there. So I just I just have like zero topical exposure to, to the to these medium res to, to this particular medium res, you know, line at all. So, well, it made me think at some point in time, I vaguely remember talking a little bit about K7000s and in our next segment, I'm going to just kind of roll through some general lessons learned and things to watch out for for those out there that are recapping them just to kind of spread a little knowledge and you know basically a lot of lessons learned to try to save some people some problems but regardless I ended up with this medium rest K7000 and like most 7000s it needed a lot of resolder work but once you kind of get used to it and you you've learned a few lessons and you've put a chassis in the same monitor eight or nine times until you figured out what's wrong with it and then those lessons cascade into the next one so you're doing it you know less these this trial and error what did i miss that situation uh it basically it went right in and fired up and again uh, i got the marquee running um that they're always out you know how that goes a game that's got a little age oh yeah ended up taking the wheels out of it two wheels and championship sprint and it was just gummed up with i'm sure someone spilled soda in it and it looked like someone had tried to grease it and uh because after the spill it's got like i think they're called nyliners Mm -hmm. and they're kind of common ish in pinball machines generally of a smaller diameter and imagine like a grommet for those that have never seen one so you got a hole and then a grommet would be something that edges that hole lines that hole to keep something from abrading mm-hmm. well this a nyliner would insert like a grommet it inserts in the hole and it actually provides a bearing surface for something to slip like mm-hmm. a rod mm-hmm. you'd see that a lot in a pinball machine so you'd have like lateral movement through the hole and in this case the nyliner was acting like as a bearing for the wheel to turn and it, they were all just gummed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't know if it was soda. Uh, someone had greased it. If it was a combination of grease soda, I, I don't know. But it all came out just just typical stuff to get get a game running. And other than, like I said, cleaning it up, I'm probably going to go ahead and swap the power supplies in it because the power supply looked like it came over on the Mayflower with Christopher Columbus. <laughs> uh, that one's pretty much wrapped up and should be going, unless there's a catastrophic issue, to Arcade Expo. So is that going to go to sell or? Yeah, I don't. uh, At one point in time, 
when I got the game, I was going to keep it. And I thought this would be awesome next to uh, pole position. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm very cognizant now. I feel like I've said uh, a bajillion times. I'm sure I always do. And I'm just for some we, odd we reason both, now it's really standing yeah, out. Yeah, we both do. It's part of it. Yeah. You get, but people love us. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to edit them out. Yeah, How no, about that? No, it's us. It's no, who we are. It's just us. So, no, I was going to keep it. I thought it would be a real cool game next to a pole position. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, the game room's changed a thousand times since then, and it's just not something I, I want to keep down here. Yeah. It's a fun game. It is, yes. It's, um, I think I've talk, talked about this before. It is like the F1 equivalent of, um, I always forget the na- off-road. Yeah. Ivan Stewart's off-road. I always forget the name of it. Yep. It's it's the same kind of deal where you can kind of oversteer it, you know, yeah. you kind of spin oh, and, the wheel to make can, it turn. Yeah, you can really throw some uh, throw some English on it, so yeah. to speak, and, yes. and really, really work that wheel. Yeah. And it it's a it, it's a fun game. Yeah. I just I have no attachment to it. And it's big. Yeah, it's big. It's big. That that's the thing for me. It would be it would be a fun party game. But I, I would not see myself getting a stool and sitting down with it to play it like I would Galaga or yeah. Miss Pack or Tron or, you know, Donkey Kong. Oh, Donkey Kong. Or, you know, or anything else. It, Defender, whatever. It, it would. It's a good walk-up game and then walk-away game. Yeah. yeah. And you're right about big in terms of, I mean, the cabinet is a... I'm looking around here. It's probably, <laughs> it feel, it looks bigger than it. I think that it is, but it's probably the width, the base cabinet of like an asteroid. Yes. But the we you got angle the wheel the two wheels come out a bit of an angle. I, I know, and they eat up space, yeah. man. Yeah. They stick out and then they are off to the side. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. So yeah, it's I'm I'm not gonna keep it. And then the other the other game, so it's gonna go along with Super Mario Brothers that I've talked about on on the last few shows. Yeah. And then I just cracked into a carnival king carnival king now this is a game that i'm not familiar with at all i I wasn't either until i came across it and honestly i still haven't played it yet it's a gun game i've got to look this up it's a single gun game which i thought was interesting okay now and this one is it and looking it up when i got it (laughs) it didn't seem as if there was a lot of them out there it didn't seem very common and from what i can tell it's Mm. carnival games like where you're shooting the cupid dolls and you're shooting plates and you're doing stuff like that and it's all carnival themed it kind of barks at you yeah like a carnival barker yeah it's uh uh th- now this one's a kit into a, a, a mk2 a mortal kombat 2 cabinet and they did a pretty good job i mean mortal kombat 2 fans would probably have a stroke oh i'm sure yeah it's th- when they did it they painted it and actually, ah. the cabinet's pretty nice. You could strip the paint and probably get it back to an MK2 if, if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, um, They did a, a pretty good job of painting it. and it can't. It, the kit apparently comes with all kinds of stickers that are kind of carnival themed. It's not like a it's not like a big sheet of side art as much as it is here's a here's the name and it's it's carnival king and here's the marquee and then here's a bunch of little stickers and you can sticker you can bling it up all you want you know it's kind of the way it's done so whoever did it like i said did a fairly good job internally it was okay you know there's a little bit of a mix because they when it was a kit they they took so whoever did it took it and jammed it in that cabinet the big thing with it was just like most of them it's the monitor it was fuzzy and it was having sync issues and so out it came and that's actually in there on my bench now and uh, if it was a little 
little warmer this weekend. I'd already had it in there and kind of been into the next phase of it. But yeah, that one's going to go. The plan there is that one's going to go with me to Expo. That'd be a cool game for people to see. One, everyone likes gun games. Two, I don't, I've never seen one. So that'll be a really no. different game. So will Championship Sprint. I mean, have you ever seen a Championship Sprint in person? Uh, one time. Mine? Uh, no. No. no I, <laughs> yours will be number two. Okay. And, and, and I'll tell you what, I will play it at Expo because how how often do you really get to play that? Not very often, at least for me. Uh, so Grace Grayson and, Grace and I will have a good go at that, and Jackie and I will have a good go at it too, and I know it'll be fun. But... Um, yeah, th- those are two unique games to take to Expo, no, no doubt. Yep. Yeah. Now, here, real quick, I just want to, I just want to put this in while, while I'm thinking about it. I've got, I've got the claw entry for this pulled up. Carnival King was made by, or was released by a manufacturer called Incredible Technologies, and the game is circa IT. 2002. Yeah, IT Tech. They okay. Made, um, gosh, IT's made all kinds of stuff. What's the bowling game? Uh, oh my gosh, man! Go, uh, golden Tee. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Duh, Golden Tee. Yeah, Golden Tee, Silver Strike, bowling. Yeah. Didn't they do what was the what was the Orange f- County Choppers? Man, I mean, it's just world-class bowling target toss pro world, uh it must have been world-class what was the coors big, light bowling? Big, Bud Hunt, big buck hunter there was a coors light bowling and then that was a that was a modification of another bowling game that was really popular before you got into silver strike and it's it's escaping me right now okay but uh, yeah well, it's been around forever well they've got world class which is 1997 and silver strike came in the early 2000s yeah silver strike is is kind of in the vein of a golden tea. I guess once golden tea started to hit, they tried to do it with bowling. Yeah. And it just didn't really hit. Yep. Yeah. So, so incredible technologies circa 2002. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, well, if you were to find it in its, in its original or native cabinet, I mean, it is a large, large cabinet. No, no doubt about it. So now does the dedicated one, I'm actually, I haven't looked at the claw entry in a long time. Does it have one gun or two guns? No, it has one gun. It's a red cabinet with yellow tea molding, um, very carnival esque looking <laughs> seriously. And, uh, yeah, it's got one, it looks like it has one yellow gun on the right hand side of the control panel. My gosh, yeah. that thing is huge it is huge isn't it i've actually seen those cabinets before yeah i have too i've not seen this cabinet but i've seen those style of cabinets yeah carnival king the big top shooter is what it's called yeah this whoever did this one actually painted it in a very similar shade of red okay so i don't know if maybe there was something in the manual and they were just sticking to it which seems unusual for an operator you know versus just we'll just roll it black and then throw the the marquee on it and call it good yeah exactly but yeah they it it was painted in a very very uh, similar shade of red yep yep so yeah then after that i don't know what i you know i've got several weeks at this point and i'm gonna go back through and see what else i've got to uh you know, as I've said on the show, I'm in a massive, I've been in this massive mode for a long time and it kind of waned a little bit, but I'm still wanting to just clear stuff out. I've got too many cabinets still sitting around and I've, I've sold, I, I don't know how many at this point, if I sat down and, and totaled them up, I'd probably be surprised, but yet I still have got just, I've got too much stuff. So yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> so yeah, I completely get it. Once I get, uh, the, the, 
the t- kind of tidy up work done on Championship Sprint and then Carnival King, like I said, I don't think it's going to be much more other than a good cleanup, get the monitor back in it, probably a new battery in it. And it's got a, a you know, a CR2032 on the motherboard. And when it boots, it won't sync for me. And I, I see, a, a, I guess it's going through like a, a hard drive test and all that fun stuff. And I, I have a feeling I'm going to find, you know, time to replace the battery default setting type of a thing so other than just a couple little cleanup things it won't be long before it's done and then i'm gonna go and make another round yeah see what's next see what's next exactly game room wise my tron's still dead i've not even pulled it out uh i think it's just a fuse (laughs) (laughs) as it as it often is yeah i'm not too i'm not too worried about it i mean uh, seriously it's just it's just dead of the world and i i've had that happen down here before i would be absolutely shocked if it was anything significant yeah i just haven't had time to pull it out yeah um oh my versus cab still in pieces i don't know if i mentioned that before you and i were talking about that a little bit i'd used it for unit testing uh which is a software development term <laughs> and perhaps i guess maybe a uh something in manufacturing as well if they use the term unit testing um, I was using it for unit testing as I was working on Super Mario Brothers. I'd, I'd verify, okay, this works, and I'd put it in that game. The board works, okay. The uh, the chipsets work, and this is good. You know, as as I got closer and closer to a complete game, I had less variables as yeah. I was working on the one I was building, and it's still taken apart, laying over here kind of in pieces in the corner of my game room out of sight uh, I, I i feel you there bro i know where you're coming from uh i also misspelled super mario in the notes i don't know how i managed to do that there's no t in mario for future reference <laughs> super Mario. yeah for those that are so and then um two other things one i wanted to touch on and this it's not necessarily game related but it is because it circles back to something i've talked about on the show before and uh, stick with me Uh, I've mentioned these before on the show. I actually mentioned it a little earlier uh, in this show. I have been messing with RC cars again the last few years. Uh And that was uh, because of my my nephew. You know, he he started to dip into RC cars. And it was something I did at his age. And it kind of revitalized that in me, just the the tinkering and the building and the enjoying and... um, you know, I had a, a good size slot car collection at one point in time. I never intended to have a slot car track set back up. It takes up too much space. And uh, a lot of that, when I sold that off, parlayed in, <laughs> into RC cars. <laughs> because, you know, you can you can have that collection. You can show that collection. Yeah. And then you can take it out and free drive it anywhere. Yeah. You know, and, and just and actually, and have fun. And actually use it and have fun. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Versus just i mean the slot cars were cool the, yeah the, the detail in the slot cars and stuff i've really enjoyed but I, other than just sitting and looking at them i wasn't getting anything out of them and i wasn't de- dedicating the space yeah. to actually look at them they were in boxes yep so anyway uh since the last show i've rebuilt a vintage uh to me a blackfoot which is i guess the monster truck of the time and there's a link in the show notes to a main hobbies the the blackfoot is still a still produced kit a lot of uh, the tamiya kits the vintage kits they're going through cycles of reproduction they call them re-rees re-releases mm-hmm. with very minor changes and the, the changes usually amount to wherever the original manually operated speed controller mounted they'll generally just change that plate 
because it'll come with a modern electronic speed controller that you can that you can ad- adhere to that in that same location or a location similar to other than that the modern you know if, if you had these kits as a child and you didn't realize this they're out there and they are the same kits all the parts are absolutely interchangeable see that's awesome oh it's a, it's, yeah. it's it's wonderful yeah yeah that that is that's that's awesome when, when Tam, uh, tamia started doing that they started doing that a few years before i got back into it and what that also did is that put parts out into the world for people that were able to then restore their cars and it's not like it was a compatible part it's the same part the molds still have all the same dates on the on the trees everything Mm -hmm. it's the same it's from the same mold and if anything i'd have the new production part out of the same mold from the same manufacturer than i would a 30 year old part that's had time to the plastic is outgassed a little bit and become a little brittle and just you know i it you might be able to put it back together it might cost you five times as much to get that new old stock part you're going to be a little bit more careful with it and you're not going to enjoy it whereas now you can turn around and get a lot of these parts for the super common cars yeah for almost nothing see th- these are the good old days when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to that you know yeah. oh yeah yeah and then the common the more not common the more popular cars like the uh the the monster beetle the blackfoot the hotshot the hornet the frog those are almost in continuous production and they have been since they re-released them yeah so you can go out and get them and it, it, anyway so yeah i i had an original vintage one that i broke down cleaned out and uh with new original parts brought back to life and was out in the yard driving it having a ball that's awesome you know yeah yeah no that's that's awesome uh right now i've got torn apart and this this was a bigger pill to swallow because it's a much more complicated vehicle is a first generation generate generation yeah uh it's my kentucky accent coming out <laughs> Uh, a first generation Traxxas Emax monster truck. I was so tempted to follow you on on that whole uh, on that whole accident thing, but I, I'm not going <laughs> to do gonna that. You're going to let me get, yeah, 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 let's let it go. I'm not going to do it. And, and it, when I say monster truck, like if if you're if you look at a current RC monster truck, worlds apart, totally worlds apart. But for the day, the Emax is from I think it's 2000 or 2001. You know, big tire. <laughs> A lot of power for the day, but it's nothing compared to what's today. Yeah, you you say that in 2000, 2001, and I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, oh, it's, it's pretty new. And it's like, no, it's not. It's 20 no, years old. No, it's not. It's 20 years old. Yeah, absolutely. Just, oh, man. Where, so where'd, where'd the time go, Brent? This thing was four-wheel drive, two differentials, center gearbox, two-speed, and uh, um, then I've completely torn it apart and I'm putting it back together as a hybrid of the original car, the original truck with updates from the next generation Emacs. So the suspension's better. The axles are better. Uh, I'm shifting it over from two smaller brushed motors to one monster brushed motor and i could go brushless the way i'm uh the way i'm updating the rest of the drive line i could go brushless with it but um 
this is I just think this is a little cooler personally so that's what I'm doing with it because it's just the when you look at the motor it's just it's just stupid big you know for the for the truck and yeah. I just that's kind of part of it so I, I'm, I'm going through I'm going through it and having a ball with it just you know I can I can piddle with it especially now that it's cold I can piddle with it 10 minutes here 20 minutes there you know put the suspension arms on it do whatever and then just leave it yeah you know and just get back to it whenever yeah but here's where this all loops back i have been using my ultrasonic cleaner a lot and I, did you ever buy one no and i and i need to i really need to because i've come across stuff where it would be so handy to have man so but now that you've got some time on yours would you buy the same one that you have again? i'd buy a bigger one oh, you buy a bigger one <laughs> i'd yeah. buy a bigger one yep and and honestly so it's not that i've run out of space in it because as i've been taking this this truck apart so i can't put a whole chassis in it all right the the basic the basic frame if you will of a one-tenth scale rc car or truck it's it's too small but i can put suspension arms in it i can put pretty much everything else in it and the way I've been doing it, just I've been taking things apart in bits and pieces. Okay, I'm going to work on the transmission, so I'll take this apart. I got all the gears. I got the cases. I'll wipe out all the heavy grease. I mean, let's just be reasonable about it. Let's just not make it a mess. Mm-hmm. I'll wipe all the heavy stuff out, chuck it in the, the, the cleaner, and just let it roll. So I, I'm doing things in bits and pieces. I'm not trying to drop the entire vehicle in as a as a collection of parts in there in one shot right understood yeah but i'd probably get a little bigger one just so that i could do like if i wanted to put a whole chassis plate in it or even bigger parts from a pinball or an arcade arcade machine i could see definitely doing like joysticks especially if you're breaking down it's like the yoke on a star wars and it's got or on a hydro thunder or i don't know pick your poison something that's got bigger parts got bigger you know, uh, hand grips or whatever those things would probably be a little bit too big for the cleaner that i've got mm-hmm. I, I just you've got to get one <laughs> yeah I, I i know i do i mean there's there's no doubt about it i know i do so just in, in, i think when i first talked about this i may have had an ebay link just search ebay there are tons of people that carry these i was a little resistant to put one because there's so many options and there's so many vendors that sell them in so many different ways uh some vendors will have each size listed as individual sale some vendors will have one of those ebay listings where they have like a picture of like all of them you know like laid out the larger in the back to the smaller in the front then when you get into the listing you have the drop down to choose which one you want shop around see what's out there i can't recommend it more i mean it, it the things i've been able to toss in that not just rc related but incidentally that i hadn't even thought of over the past months i i, I have it on the floor of all places in the bathroom in my game room because unless i'm having people over a party no one's really over here yeah. so i've yeah. actually got it sitting on a on a piece of cardboard because it's got little rubber feet and i didn't want marks on my floor in case it you know just from the vibration and i've got a uh, a, a towel in front of it so i'll chuck something in there fire it up let it run pick the basket up you know let it dribble out 
spill the stuff on the towel. Well, I'll put it in the sink and wash it through to get the rest of the stuff off of it. Drop it on that towel and just run it around the towel a little bit to get the heavy water off and just let it dry. And it's Heck just, yeah. and it, you're done. Yeah. You just walk away from it, go do something else. It, it's, I, I like, I can't believe I had, I had the thing. What Whitney, I think for six months before yeah. I even took it out, it was sitting there underneath <laughs> the high speed before I took it out of the box. Yeah. And I'm just like, this thing is amazing. You've been living over at my house. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Seriously. That's, that's me. So I'll make the same cautions. I'm pretty sure I made the last time I talked about these things, check the dimensions as listed in these listings. So when you look at the vendors, if you just search, search ultrasonic cleaner on eBay, you, like I said, you'll see tons of them. And you'll see basically like two different styles. And of those styles, you might see, of each of the two styles, you might see one or two just sticker variations on the front. But if you look at the base unit, you realize they're with within reason, they're all the same. Unless you step up to like a commercial type cleaner, you know, for, for what we're doing, hobbyist type stuff, the the run-of-the-mill kind of reasonably priced let's just let's just be honest made in china imported ultrasonic cleaner in my opinion i think will do you just fine okay all right all right got it i personally got have the digital one so the 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 big break is digital or analog timer where you actually turn a dial and personally it mileage may vary i've just had bad luck with analog stuff I had a dishwasher once with an analog timer on it that stuck and uh, I left the house and came back the next day and it was still running. <laughs> oh yeah. The, you mean the timer or the dishwasher? The dishwasher. Oh yeah. The dishwasher was still running at home. Ooh, yeah. Wow. And I, as soon as I opened the door, I could smell it yeah. and it was super warm. I could feel the heat radiate because the, I opened the back door, which led into the kitchen. Yeah. And I had, um, I had some flatware in there with like plastic handles, yeah, like riveted to the to the, to the metal part yeah, of yeah. the fork, and this, and that oh. was all melted. It was, I mean, when I took the dishwasher out and got down into the wiring to disconnect it from the mains, I could tell that it was starting to get charred. It was really, yeah, and yeah, you know, you should never leave the house with an appliance running. And to this day, I st- I don't even yeah. with everything with a digital timer. Yeah, I, d- I don't do it. Yep. But I've I've also had friends that have had the same thing happen with dryers mm-hmm. that had the the turn analog it tick 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 yep. timer on it yep. not a digital unit yes yes so I went right for the digital one that way I could just set my time to whatever and I don't plan on leaving it running and yeah. leaving the house but yeah. that's just me a little overcautious yeah. I guess from from past experience and then the big thing is check the dimensions because the actually this actually happened to one of the RC car channels that I follow the channel is called RC kicks it's a guy to the UK mm-hmm. on YouTube right on YouTube yeah, yeah okay he bought basically the same unit that I've got but a smaller one and it said however many liter and there's no way uh-huh. like if you look at the ones that say like six liter no there's you're not getting six liters of liquid in it i could only assume that if you took the outer casing and filled it you know you took out the tub you took out the heater you took out the vibrating unit, you took out everything yeah that might be six liters i get it but the basket space was not six liters so <laughs> make sure you check the dimensions on it so you get something that 
you're not surprised. Or just buy the biggest one they have. Or just buy the biggest one they have. <laughs> yeah. And the there's thing, always that. Uh, a couple cautions. The, uh, the other thing that I did is for small parts is I took a piece of screen, like from a screen door, mm-hmm. and I put it down in the basket and it, it, it just fit. It just, I just laid it down in the basket and pushed it into the sides and then adhered it, adhered it there with zip ties. So, because the screen that's in the basket by default is too big for like screws and pins and small parts. So like if you're redoing a joystick or like a pinball mech or something you want to clean out, um, I don't know how many times I've gotten hold of a machine and someone's thought it was a good idea to pack the flippers with grease, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the, the screws and the bolts most likely will fall through. So yeah, I've, I've done that. I put like literally a piece of screen in there. Then other than that, if you're doing plastic, watch the heat. Because I, I did do one Kyosho RC car, and I put the gearbox in there, and it was kind of a trough shape, a rectangular shape, mm-hmm. and it got hot enough that it kind of warped it. Now, so, is, is that heat from the cleaner, or is that heat just from uh, just from the agitation and the other parts, or is it both? So the cleaner itself, ha- they'll have a heater, oh, so okay. you can set that. Okay, okay, got and it. And then the agitation will shoot, shoot that up. Will will cause that to climb. Yes. yes. So yes. keep that in mind. Okay. You know, just get one and uh, I, like I said, Oh, I'm going to get one. There's no doubt. I can't recommend this thing now, enough. Th- through the magic of editing, I might buy one between this segment <laughs> and the next segment. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I haven't used it for uh, arcade or pinball or console stuff. Um, here recently, I've been using it for like RC cars. Button. But oh oh, in solution, all I put is a little mean green, and because uh, I found mean green to be plastic safe, I used to use it. I'd put it in a, a plastic container, and I would put like uh, the star posts from a pinball machine I was cleaning mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, mean green and water, and then I would just agitate it, work on the game, reach over, shake it, work on the game. I even got to where I'd go like set it on my dryer so it would shake a little bit just there as I go. was doing stuff. Yeah. I even would set it on the on the air conditioning unit next to the dryer just so that it would shake a little bit. Yeah. And then I'd go work on the game and then I'd pour it out, wash it off. Now I got this thing. Yeah. I mean, I just so I punch a couple buttons, walk away. And walk away. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I I've I in my in my experience, the mean green has not caused me any problems with any plastics that i've put in a mean green and water solution yeah so yeah. oh that's that's awesome yeah you've got to get one with I, I i'm i am i'm gonna get one no i want to say too that when i when i went through and did a bunch of consoles including like the coleco visions i've talked about those in the prior shows i think i ended up putting a lot of little buttons and incidental parts through it too just to clean it you know Get get the gunk off of it. Oh, I bet it. I bet it works. Oh, it works. I it's bet it works like a treat. No, unbelievable. Yeah. So one other thing I wanted to throw out here, Whitney, have you seen Ghostbusters Afterlife? No, but um, I know when it comes out on Blu-ray, and I am anxiously awaiting being able to uh, grab that on physical media. I am a physical media kind of guy. So there's that. Oh, Brent's bringing something over. Oh, my goodness. This is, <laughs> is this cereal? Is, is that what this is? Uh, oh, yeah. it is General Mills Ghostbuster cereal. Oh, this is, dude, this is hilarious. So interesting. And it's two boxes. So now, there's, are, there, are, are there's a reason ser- there's, there's a reason there's two boxes. There. Okay. Are, are you a big cereal guy? 
I I mean I like cereal, but I I usually get like I like Kashi cereal. It's kind yeah. of you know I don't yeah. I don't do really the sugary cereal. No no no. Stuff I, anymore. I, if if there can be such thing as a healthy cereal, I'm I'm more aligned with that. But but, but yes. But there's a reason there's two boxes. There. Okay yeah. First it, of all, I've seen me. Ghostbusters Afterlife and it was phenomenal okay i absolutely loved it they paid a lot of fan service but they also had a good continuation of the story yeah and uh i really really think they did an awesome job and i absolutely loved it i am so looking forward to seeing it um another friend a friend of mine john he has uh said the same thing to me uh he's asked me uh whitney have you seen it yet and I, I I told him I'm like no, but I I am gonna I am gonna see it. It's it's on the it's on the short list. Um, right, wrong, or otherwise, I, I chose uh, Spider Man No Way Home to see <laughs> to see uh, over Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, you'll feel sorry for that. <laughs> that movie was horrific. Uh, well, uh, well, if we. <laughs> Mm. What did I tell you in group chat? Oh my gosh! If I ever, if I ever meet John Favreau, yeah, and, and Kevin, is it Kevin Feige? Uh, yeah, if Kevin I ever Feige, meet either yeah. John Favreau or Kevin Feige in person, I'm going to kick him in the shin and demand my, <laughs> demand my money and the two hours of my life back. Now, the movie see, was horrid. See, the thing about it is, I had exactly the opposite experience with that movie. I absolutely well, you're wrong. I, I, I absolutely <laughs> adored it, but that's a whole different discussion. I know. Um, you also like Donkey Kong? No, you yes, are, sir. You are wrong. <laughs> you know what? I, I'll give you Donkey Kong. That movie sucks. Okay. I wallow in being wrong. How about that? It's all good. I, I actually may. I've contemplated this recently after uh, our our uh, group chat conversation. I may actually be done with Marvel. Really? Part, over yeah. that movie? I'm just like, if this is. Oh, oh man. I'm sorry to hear whole, that. I'm sorry to hear that. See, well, you started talking about Ghostbusters, okay. and I don't want to take that away from you. So, so Ghostbusters, continue, continue I on. was phenomenal. Yeah. So there's a reason there's two boxes there. Okay. There's actually three in the house. One is mine. <laughs> okay. One is yours and okay. for whatever you want to do with it. Okay, fair enough. And the third, we're going to open right now and taste it. <laughs> oh, we are? Yes, we are. Okay, all right. So actually, I meant to get a couple cups. You I talk about what you're doing. I'll be right uh, back. Okay, so I'm going to get one of these boxes out. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I'm looking over the two boxes here, and they're—I mean—they're both uh, uh, shelf fresh, is what we'll call that. They both look uh, pretty good. They don't look like they've been damaged in shipping or anything like that. Uh, I will have to take a picture of these boxes, and uh, I'm going to do that right now. And I will throw this up on Twitter so that everybody can see exactly what we're talking about, uh, or they'll see it before they listen to the show. How about that? Okay. So, Brent, I have decided which box is going to take it for the team. It's going to be this one right here. Oh, you've got the red solo cups. I appreciate that. So, Brent, so what's the? I mean, what's the reasoning for us? You know, tasting the, you know, t- tasting the the cereal. Is it that it that it tastes like nostalgia? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> tastes like nostalgia. I have no idea what it tastes like. Okay. So, I actually had that last month, and it just it made more sense to do it this month. Okay, fair enough. Now, uh, now, as as all good foley work is done, I'm going to open. This, yeah, you can't open oh, a box open of box. cereal. Quite. No, it's it's like impossible. You want me to get you? Oh, you got it. Yeah, I've got. It. I've What's got it smell now. like Whitney? 
What's it? Does it smell like fruity goodness? It, it smell. It smells like fruity goodness. Um, here, here's one thing I'm going to equate it to. I don't know if our listeners uh, may remember, and, and I, I know this is still available, but I've had it recently and it didn't live up to the hype. Uh, Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, and that was practically my favorite cereal growing up. I absolutely adored Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, and it had a certain aroma to it. This is this isn't this is pretty close. I mean, so it's not bad at is all. Is it is it General Mills that does all the the monster cereals? Yeah, pour pour me out a cup. <laughs> I mean, now how how deep in this cup are we going to go? Oh, give me about half a cup. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Oh, okay, if, fair enough. Is is it General Mills that has the monster cereals like Frankenberry mm-hmm. and yeah, Count Chocula and all that? So yeah. right, Boo Berry. Yeah, I I don't think I've had Whitney. I know we've are recording schedule has been kind of crazy oh careful easy turbo yeah there we go (laughs) easy turbo i I see it rolling across the floor (laughs) that's that's hilarious i see three whatever those are okay so we've got i'm gonna hold on i'm I'm coming over hold on go ahead and wrap the cereal up so we got that done so there's that i'll get this off the floor okay yeah sorry about that i got a little excited i guess all right we're gonna try this out right now There's little ghosts in it, Whitney. Look yeah, at the marshmallows. Yeah, and you know, there's a difference between uh, good there, foley work and doing and doing like a- ASMR inside the show. <laughs> and I don't want to do ASMR inside the show, so I'm not going to like chew into the microphone. Oh, I'm go- <laughs> but I mean, actually, that I mean, dude, that's I mean, that's really not bad at all. You know, it's been years since I've had like. Um, like a, I guess like a Frankenberry or like like the monster cereals, which yeah. was like some kind of puff something and the marshmallows. Okay, but that's kind of what it tastes uh-huh. like. That's what yeah. it reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean seriously, man. It's it's really not bad. Now what I will say though is that if I were to throw some milk into that cup. I could I could down four or five cups of that cereal. Oh yeah, you want some almond milk? No, 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 no. no. I'm I'm good. I'm better if I don't. But I, I'm I'm a big I am a big cereal fan actually. I, oh, I really are you? Love it. Yeah. Okay. I do, but I I just don't eat it. That, that's the thing. Oh, I know. I could. Yeah. I love it, but I don't eat it. I used to like cups. I used to always eat cereal dry. Uh huh. And cup, I would eat a cup of either fruit loops or i really loved like frosted flakes yeah oh yeah yeah i know i know but man the, the problem is it adds up is what it does so that you know it's all I'm good probably so, not to crunch into the mic th- there you go so i think it's pretty good it, it's not bad it's not bad you got those are pretty good sized boxes oh those are big boxes. what size are those what's the uh this is a it's a one pound it's, it's a one pound <laughs> two it's a one pound three ounce box it's a eighteen, almost nineteen ounce. It's got a. It's pretty hefty. It's it's a. It is a big box. There's so, no doubt about it. And like I said, I'm trying to remember how long I've had these. They're not expired, by the way. Oh no, uh, no they're not. <laughs> and it, it is cereal. It wouldn't matter even if it was. So. So, I think around late October, right as they were shifting out of, because every year for Halloween, General Mills comes out with the. They'll bring Count Chocula and all that back out. So after that, as that was coming out of the stores, the Walmarts around here, they were stocking a huge end cap and it was, uh, it was that cereal uh-huh. and then it was some other throwback with a basketball player on it. And then it was like 
a mixture like a multi-pack in a box like that of like the the monster series oh okay cool yeah and the, you can tell that you, you've you ever been in a store and you've seen like hanging on an end cap there'll be a card it'll tell you how to set the end cap up yeah yep. you can tell that it came from corporate this is the way it was set up because mm-hmm. it was just too perfect yeah and uh, um, I, I grabbed that and then it didn't occur to me till after I had it that it was because of uh, it was a promo for Afterlife. Okay. I thought it was just something tied in with the time of year and they were doing some throwback stuff. That That's where it came from. Okay. Gotcha. And I, I, as far as I know, it's not a regular run, sir. I, I, d- I doubt it will be. I doubt it will be. But uh, then again, as we've discussed, I think it's the same old, same old with just a different shape marshmallow. I, I think they just, I think they, they, they change the, they, they change the cut and then they change the box and then they go again, you know? So, I mean, really, I'm going to crunch in the microphone. I don't care. It's all good. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, I mean, how much R&D is really put into cereal over and above after they get the formulation done? Then it's all about color, color, texture and shape. You know, I said these these uh, monsters, these marshmallows looked a little like the ghosts. And I guess. (laughs) Well, the white, the white ones look like ghosts. The blue ones, I'm not really sure. They just look like stars. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you can kind of squint and see it, but nonetheless. Yeah. No, that's cool. Now you can, now you can say you've experienced Ghostbusters cereal. Cereal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so you're saying that the movie though was everything that you want. You, it was everything you wanted it to be. Yeah, it was. Okay, good. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, there was obviously the little bit of suspension of reality because of what it was. Sure. And the main character, and her name is escaping me right now. She was a girl from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. She was infinitely smart. Yeah. Which, you know, you're like, how can you be that smart in that age? Yeah. But then again, they kind of played up on it being a family trait. Yeah. And there's a scene in there where it kind of ties it together. Okay. And okay. you know that she's intelligent as she is because of her, her family relationship and the track record that the family has. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's just, it's. I really, really enjoyed it. Good. I I'm, really enjoyed it. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I mean, as we're recording right now, it's the 24th of January, and it drops on physical media on February 1st. So I'm tracking it, and I'm and I'm I'm ready to go because I don't think I'll be able to get to a movie theater between now and and when it becomes available on Blu-ray, and then uh you know and then once it's on Blu-ray, I mean I, I'll grab it. So well, the only question I really have at this point is yeah. Um, Whatever the main stuff is in this cereal, do you think it's going to turn my tongue red? Uh, yes, okay. I, th- I, think, I think it will. All right, well, that's, yeah. that ship has sailed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, in your, I know you've got a, a really nice setup for just viewing a movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, I, I, you'll you enjoy it. I, I, yeah, I'm, you, you, I am, and you'll see it in a good environment, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean... Um, I mean, it, it won't take the place of seeing it in a theater, and maybe, maybe if I could catch it next weekend, if it's if it's still in the theaters, I'd have to check and see. I mean, I'll make a special, I'd make a special trip to go see it, but um, you know, over the over the Christmas holiday is when I saw Spider Man No Way Home, 
And well, that's a way to ruin your Christmas. Yeah, I, dude, I thought it was, I mean, I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. But you. I'm glad but, somebody did. But we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to, I'll I tell you what we'll have to do. We'll have to do a, um, we'll have to do a, a plus and minus on both of those movies after I've seen Ghostbusters okay. and we'll, that way we can break them both down. And, um, and then and I'm then trying to race Spider-Man for my head. So you better do it before that. Happens. Oh, fair, fair enough. Okay. Well, if, if, <laughs> If you have such uh, animosity, animosity, I wasn't going to say hatred, but if you have such animosity, you should remember that animosity okay. for quite some it's, time. It's a, so. it's a driving force in my life. At yeah, this point. yeah. For for whatever reason you didn't like it, I, I'm counting oh, on you to be able to just recall that. Oh. <laughs> Multiples, don't, huh? Don't limit my don't limit me to a reason. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll have to discuss oh, that. But sh- but I for one thoroughly enjoyed Spider Man No Way Home. But we'll we'll get in we'll get into all that. Well, Ghostbusters does have some uh, tra- uh, not trailers, some post credit scenes. Uh-huh. You got to make sure to see those. Okay. When you see Ecto One blast out there, even in the shape that it that she's in, yeah. oh yes, yeah. That, yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it hits right. Huh? Oh, it does. Yeah, good. it does. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it, and uh, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that it's there because it was a it was a pandemic movie that was delayed numerous times. Yeah. And uh, well, when we went to see it. I think there was four other people in the theater, so oh, wow. six of us total. Yeah, wow. I mean, I was shocked. Yeah, that's not much at all. No. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, when when I went to go see Spider Man No Way Home, there were maybe twenty five people in the theater tops, I guess, and uh, everybody was pretty well spread out. But I was just, I was just glad that the theater was open that it was doing business there, I mean, there wasn't many when i went to see spider-man i think the word was already out that it was terrible <laughs> dude oh dude you're sl- you're slaying me man you're slaying me <laughs> what have you been up to whitney yeah. i'm just gonna sit here and munch on this cereal and let my turn my tongue turn red no it's all good it, well if we if i'm we, sort of addicted to it now well <laughs> that's the thing i mean if you keep on going you keep on going but um if yeah if i let myself will i'm let's put it this way i am purposely holding back on the spider-man talk because i would much rather do that when we can bookend it against both of the movies because i want it i want to see both of them be able to talk about both of them okay so we'll we'll do that so as far as what have i been up to um well you know, since last episode, have had uh, a much better go of things, making making good progress uh, with the family and everything. So I'm I'm very very thankful for that. So, um, getting into I guess kind of hobby related items, uh, I don't believe that I have mentioned this, and if I have, I apologize. But uh, over the Christmas holiday and then a couple months leading up to that, my time. Uh, got uh, very compressed and uh, and I, I forgot what what I mentioned and to what degree uh, between the break. But I did wind up picking up a uh, and this is my first ever cabaret, a Miss Pac Man cabaret. So is it, it the same as that cabaret? It sure is. It it's it just exactly in the profile yep. is your is your Pac cabaret, and uh, this thing is one hundred percent original minus the tea molding. So uh, when I picked it up, uh, who uh, the the person that I that I purchased it from, it has purple tea molding on it, and that's not going to last. Okay, yeah, that just seems because I mean, it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not right. It, it's not right. So Is it on sale? Uh, who knows? Okay. It's, it's hard. It's hard to say, but it, it's got purple tea molding on it. I don't like it at all. I'm going to go back to black tea molding, uh, and 
other than that, it's in great shape. I, think, I mean, huh? I, I think originally it had leather. Yeah. Pattern. I acknowledge that. Okay. Yeah, I acknowledge that. <laughs> that's as far as you're gonna yeah, go. Yeah, and that's as far as I'll take yeah. that. So I'm gonna put black tea molding on it, and that's why uh, I brought it up to, to get to give it that upgraded fresh I'll look to I'll it. Acknowledge Spider Man was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I acknowledge that some tea molding was leather, but none of the none of the good tea molding uh, was uh, Wait, was leather. I, I might actually be crying. <laughs> now this this Miss Pack Cabaret, uh, it is in great great shape it's it is 100 original the only thing uh I, I mean power supply boards monitor yeah i mean everything wiring everything's original it looks good it's got the back door it's got the monitor it's got the monitor bump on it and everything like that it's missing really nothing um i do have to clean it up though and i am planning on bringing it to lax so that that'll be a game that i do bring uh, the only thing that uh, that's going on with it is it's got the uh the speed up uh, ROM in it or the speed up chip I guess I'm going to put this in air quotes chip mm-hmm. in it and uh, I don't like that at all and that, <laughs> well, that's, that's, just, that's, that's, com- that's coming out yeah it's it's just burn, burn one ROM and, yeah. and you know replace it so I've already looked into that I was so I'm, I'm gonna 6F? Fi- 6F is what it yep. is so I'm, I'm going to fix that in between now and Louisville Arcade Expo now does it have if you did you pay attention or catch it does it have actual EPROMs like with Windows in it or does it have Proms. No, this one has EPROMs. Okay. Yes, it does. Now, the the, the question that I since you've brought that up, the I mean, question that I've got is is that is that original for those boards? It, they came either way. They it's came just what either they way. Okay, of, gotcha. You know? All right. That's like the sync bus controller deals. It just what was available originally. That was that logic that's on the sync bus controller and whatever the other is. I can't think, you know, the, the little satellite cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The daughter yep. cards. Yeah. The daughter cards. Those yeah. were originally on one die and it was one IC. And then they were selling them so fast they couldn't get those produced, but they could get a little board with the individual pieces of logic. Yeah. The 74 series logic on it. So that's why you, you see those. Yeah. Okay. I'm so just... yeah, it, you could get me. I was just curious because yeah. I have a barrel I mean, that's a unit of measurement that we use around here. Yeah. A barrel yeah. full of original pack ROMs, uh-huh. like the, not the EPROM, but just the ROM. Yeah. The which ma- it's the all ma- the same code. Yeah, kind of essentially the mass ROMs. Gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. So I was going to say, if that's what you wanted, we would just get, we'd figure out the part number for that one. We'd sift through it and I'd get just give it, give you eight of them. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, if it's an EPROM, it's EPROM. Yeah, yeah. it's it's an EPROM. Um, I should be good and should be able to reprogram that. But if, um, I don't suspect I'd run any problems, but if I do, I'll let you know. Okay. Um, so anyway, so, th- so there's that. I've got to, uh, I do have to just, like I said, I've got to clean it up a bit. Um, a couple of the, the bolts on the control panel that hold the joystick in are missing for whatever reason. I don't know why. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it's it's weird, but... Now, uh, wait a minute. Let me think about this. Um, no, it's a bolt all the way through it. It's yeah, a bolt it's, all okay. the way through. I was yes. trying to, I, I had it in my mind that it was like a stud... Uh, no, it's, it's welded. A, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I know where you're Just going. It's like a threaded stud yeah. that's sandwiched in. Yeah, no, this is this is a bolt that goes all the way through. So I've got to find, uh, I don't know that I'll be able to find two to match, so I'll probably have to find four that look that look reasonably close. And uh, I, I'm sure I got you covered. Because oh, okay. you're talking about, 
trying to find modern carriage bolts without the foundry marks on them. Yeah. You you just want too smooth. And they tend the head tends to be a little smaller. Yeah. And not as tall as a modern carriage bolt. Yeah, got yeah. it. No, yeah. No, I I, got, I can hook you up. Okay, I got cool. you I got your hand up. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that'd be great because uh, I'll I'll clean them up and, you know, shoot them and and they'll be they'll be looking very very smooth. Well, you kind of I was trying to decide if I was going to take that this year. Mm-hmm. It's always I I love taking that game because it's just people people play it they love it and yeah. it's easy to move yeah but i've also gotten to the point where i've moved it a few times and it's just like well, i got a little nick here and a little there yeah and, um i always just like double wrap the thing yeah well here's the thing i mean i'm gonna take it to lax this year because i'm not going to drag skyskipper out of my arcade out of my game room in my basement and it's a bigger way bigger production well yeah and and i've noticed the skyskippers gotten a, a few little nicks and and scrapes and stuff here and there mm-hmm. and, and you know something that in and of itself isn't really what bothers me it's it's just to the point to where i'm just one person by myself to move games and dragging stuff out of my basement is just i i, I don't i don't enjoy it at all at all and uh, you know in, in the cabaret i can move like super easy you know what i'm saying so you feel so, about moving games like i did about that horrific movie it's yeah i'm gonna keep coming back to this <laughs> fair enough fair, fair enough but uh no i, I totally get it yeah so, i, I yeah, just i just you, don't want to you well know? i'll put that on we we usually have that like as like the green room yeah. next to our um, my pack cabaret. Yeah, we'll, so we'll we'll, mar- we'll marry them up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll have a ceremony. Yes. <laughs> finally, finally reunited in, <laughs> in matrimony, arcade matrimony. Um. So anyway, so so there's that. And and here in and here's the thing. In full disclosure, I've had that cabaret for several months now, but I've just certainly didn't feel right talking about it last month and then we had the gap you know between you know our august what our august show and then december so somewhere between august and december i got that miss pat cabaret and and there there it is um now this is something i'm pretty stoked about man i picked up a vectrax and a couple of boxed games and dude i here's the thing i didn't get I'm, i'm very transparent about this i didn't get a super super good deal but I got a good deal, okay? So and were you looking? Did you fall into I it? I fell into it. And so uh, and, and so the person that I bought it from uh, does not do social media, and I was able to, uh, able to secure it a bit old school. Let's put it that way. Okay. And this Vectrax has, uh, th- th- this individual has had it for over 20 years, um, it's got uh, two box. I, I got two box games with it. Uh, I think I think it, I got a copy of Cosmic Chasm and a copy of Scramble in the box, and then I also got a loose uh, Star Trek cartridge to go with it and then the console itself now i'm gonna to have to cap it because it takes it takes a good 10 minutes for it to warm up and for it to come into focus and have and have the perfect picture that it has after it's set and it's run for a while but brent it's i mean dude it's i mean a, it's, yeah. a, it's a vectrax it is a vectrax it's a vectrax and uh, I, I mean, would, if I had an opportunity to buy another one at a, at a fair price, yeah, I'd do it. Yes, 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 yes. And like I say, I, I mean, again, I didn't get a super good deal on it, but I got a good deal on it. And and for that, 
the thing of it, for that I was okay with because it was a Vectrex in the hand versus not a, not a Vectrex at all. Yeah. So I was like, now you'd already had you'd gotten one about a year ago or so. Yeah. Right? So okay. so I do now have, have two. two. I do now have two. Yes. Yes, I do. And um, I don't know if you remember about six months ago I was talking about um, it doesn't take a lot to take the video output from a Vectrex and get it into like a Wells uh 19-inch arcade vector monitor oh, black and white yeah. vector monitor yeah now you're talking yes yes or yes the, yes well the the wells and the electro home i always get the numbers screwed up crossed yeah. up but they're almost they're basically parts interchangeable except for like the wells or the electro home 801 or whichever was in the early early um either battle zones and asteroids or both i think well i know in my asteroids i looked at the last time i looked at it it's got a uh, it's got a geo uh geo5 in it i believe is, is yeah what it's okay got you're right it. that's uh electro home did the g series yeah they did the g series then there was like a wells 801 and an 805 yeah that, or something that's, like that yeah that and sounds familiar the yes. 801's a little different like I know, even the harness is different. Okay. Regardless, re- more of the story. It doesn't take a lot. It doesn't, ta- <laughs> it doesn't take a lot. Well, and, and the thing about it is, Vectrex in this current day and age are so difficult to come by um, without purchasing one off of eBay. And I didn't have to do that, which I'm so, which I'm so happy about. So. Um, the gentleman that I bought it from, uh, he he knew the value of it, but at the same point, I, I talked with him and I worked with him a little bit, and he was he was very fair to deal with. So I, I can't I can't complain at all. Well, you so. you can know the value of it. The downside of it is if you're not, and I'm not hacking hacking him because I totally get it. Yeah. If you're not participating in the current marketplace, which is all the social media places like Facebook. Mm-hmm you're kind of you're you're kind of limited well you're kind of at a disadvantage yeah, really it's a better word yeah, yeah yeah as a seller and a buyer unfortunately so um but no he he was um he, he was he was willing to he, he was willing to let go of it and uh, i wasn't going to let it get too far away from me so i've got it on my i've got it uh on my dining room table right now so <laughs> but like i say I, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to cap it and everything and and that that's okay um i, I need to do mine but yeah. it's it's, I get it's it. out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I get it. I, I totally get it. But the thing about it is, and I don't mean to sound trite when I say this, but uh, my buddy Alex and I have talked about this, and Alex is one hundred percent correct in in this. He he is he has convinced me, and and again, he's right that if you're going to play a lot of the Vectrex homebrew games or you're going to play uh, a lot of the arcade ports, or you have like a Vec Fever where you can play the, the Vector arcade ROMs on your Vectrex. He, he has said that you really need to have two Vectrex to play the entire library because there are a fair number of games that you need to rotate the Vectrex over horizontally in order to play the games. And of course, the Vectrex that sits vertically as it as it normally does, and so uh, space is so much more of a premium for me. I'll just turn, I'll lay one on its side. Well, the thing about it is, though, is once you, uh, you know, once you get the cartridge in it, and then once you put like uh, some of the UV frames on it and things like that, I man, you don't want to be messing with it and moving oh, it I hadn't and everything even like at that. It to that degree, yeah. There's, I mean, once you get it set up for doing what you would want to do with it, yeah, you. you 
yeah, I, I, I'm not of mind to be picking it up and flip-flopping it and everything like that. But, you know, that's aspirational. I'm not at that point yet, but I stumbled upon a good deal on a Vectrex and it wasn't going to get away from no, me. I don't that, blame that's you. that's yep. just the better way to say it right there. Um, 3D printing. I have been doing some work with my 3D printer. A couple of things here. Uh, I did pick up a set of linear rail kits for both my Ender 3 Pro and my CR-10S. Don't have them installed yet, but... Uh, <laughs> so does that get rid of the belt drive deal? Uh, well, no, it gets rid of the rollers. The V-rollers is what, oh, is oh, what oh, it is. Oh, okay, what it okay, does. okay, okay. Still, still belt, still belt drive. To, to pull it forward and back, uh-huh, but you're running pull on linear back. rails. Yes, you still run on... Yeah, you run on linear rails. I it, was thinking linear actuator. Yeah, to I, I get it. I, yeah, yeah I, I get it. No, it, this, this actually will prevent... Uh, binding and and it will reduce the maintenance footprint of the printer over the long haul. That's one of the things I always fought with was just the inconsistency of oh yeah the wheels oh, and yes. running on that. Oh yes, dude. And yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what? I, honestly, Whitney, I've, I've, my three D printer's in the same room where my elliptical is and uh-huh. a lot of my RC car collection. Yeah, and I just sit there and I stare at it like if I'm on the elliptical. Yeah, and um, I real I really. What I should do is once I get this current little project off my off my table is just put that on there and yeah. go back through and get the current version of your list of and just rebuild that yeah. printer and, and use it. Yeah, oh yeah. Well dude, I mean, I love mine and um uh, I I can't see having I can't see not having a 3d printer now it just it would be it would almost be foreign to me uh so so the linear rail kits i got and brent they took so long to get it was it was nuts dude i ordered was that a supply chain thing or just because it had to ship i don't know uh I, i mean well number one it had they had to come in stock first of all and then number two uh once i ordered them and paid for them it took like another two and a half months for them to get to me now oh, i don't geez. i don't know if that was the seller i don't know if that was just shipping time i i don't know but um i will put the link where i bought my um where I bought my linear rails, I'll put them in the show notes, and I still need to do that page with all the mod links and everything. Gosh, I, I need to make a note of that. But anyway, well, I, 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 stu- I still be, intend to do that. I'll be a little selfish there because if you, I know you've got that in the show notes mm-hmm. and you did that for me, but if mm-hmm. you do it, that that'll give you an opportunity to get to refresh them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I know you've made some changes. I, I have. I, I and, have. Yep. You know, I've got a CR-10S as well, which is the same base you worked from. So yep. I can literally you just can use cabbage everything you did. You can use every single one yeah. of them. So, so the linear rail kits. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be again very transparent. I spin up and I got good ones, okay? Because you can buy linear rail kits on, uh, you know, on like AliExpress. And uh, and maybe they're maybe they're okay. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I wasn't going to go that route for something that I want to be extremely reliable and work every single day, day in and day out when I go to print. My biggest beef with with three D printer is that unless you are in the mindset that you want to tinker with it like oh it's time to it's time to level the bed or it's time to that's what wore me out yeah i've got i've got to defuzz all the rollers or i've got to readjust the rollers and the tension on the rollers and i've got to you know i've got to do this i got to do that Man, dude, I don't like doing any of that I stuff. I didn't know. It, it drove I, me crazy. I, I mean, I, I, oh, 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 man, when I when I go to print something, I expect that thing 
nine times out of 10 to print like a utility. Okay. And I get where times where it won't because it's a mechanical device. But when I have a failure on my 3D printer, I resolve it by spending money to ensure that I never have that failure again. And then I go back to printing is what I do. Well, when I bought mine, and I probably said this on the show, when you dipped into it, and we start really talking about it, it. I looked at it as we're not at the point where it's like a paper printer. It's not. It's not. No, no and, and it's still not. And that's that was going to be my next question to you. It's like, does not does somebody not offer something? Is it not got to the point now where someone can offer something that has the better hot end, that has linear rails, yeah. that isn't just... I mean, the, the CR-10 and the CR-10S, everybody loved because it was a good size format, a good format size yeah physical yeah, large it's, bed it, i mean size. It's, it's a it's a big printer and it was it was relatively affordable and it was a relatively good print out of the box yeah but there was a lot of room to grow a lot of room to grow and i'm just yeah. i mean i've had that printer for years at this point yeah yeah and no one's offering them with linear rails already on them and all this stuff. No, and, and I think the closest that you can get to what you're talking about is buying something from Prusa and, and going with that brand of mm-hmm. printer. His is based on the, on the CR stuff anyway, isn't it? But, yeah. But that's not bad if he's no, improved it. It's, it's not bad, but I, I just, man, for the money, it it's they're just expensive for what they are. And... uh I don't really feel like I should have to spend that money per se. And, and, and I here I am doubling back on myself because I have how many times on this show have I said, well, you can't buy what, how much, how much is your time worth? And it's like, okay, Whitney, mm-hmm. I, I get it. But, but my thing is I've already standardized on Creality and I've already bought enough mods and everything for the Creality chassis, I guess, and, and the Creality, you know, universe of printers that I'm just, I, I'm just sticking with it and just keeping on going. <laughs> but I am addressing the issues as I, gr- as I go and as I grow. So uh, maybe I didn't take my own advice or I didn't, I didn't heed my own advice well enough, but I've learned enough about 3D printers now that I'm actually glad that I didn't just buy up at the very beginning and go with a Prusa or a Prusa and not really learn what's going on underneath the covers. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at what, what like hit the Prusa I3 is mm-hmm. on, on his site. I think his first name is Joseph. Yes. It's yes. like 749. Yeah. And I think that's unassembled. Yeah. Yeah. And, and seeing the thing about it is, is like the Ender 3 Pro, I mean, you could get... And that's in, made by Creality, too, isn't yeah, it? The Ender 3? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, you could get into one of those for probably $150 right now, you know? Oh, I mean, really? Yeah, they've really come down. Maybe I should just buy it. Uh, well, I well mean, the Ender 3's got a little smaller print bed, the right? Ender, the Ender 3 is, is a small print bed, uh, smaller print bed. It's 200 by 200, I believe. But you still modified the crud out of yours anyway, if, right? If fairly modified, yeah. yeah. But the great thing about the Ender 3 Pro is that it is the perfect printer to use to print small utility items or to print mods for other printers and things like that now if i was going to do like cosplay parts or you know, like print a you know print a mandalorian helmet or something like that i i, I wouldn't do it, it, it you don't have I, the bed space it, it, the ender 3 is not big enough it doesn't have the bed volume to to allow for it now the cr10s is getting to the point where you could you could use that to print like a, a human head you know, like uh, like helmet, helmet or something size. like that, helmet size item. 
but the Ender 3 Pro is great for printing the smaller stuff. Yeah, I'm okay? seeing the Ender 3 around 220. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not that's not bad. That's not bad. I, I saw specials on it for like 199 and 175 over the Christmas holiday. Did you? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, um, with that, I did uh, fab up and design up some mounting brackets so that I could mount uh, one of my Unify 24-port switches uh, against uh, against drywall, against the wall. And so I have uh, a need uh, upstairs in my house where I was extending my network, and I have been running uh, power over Ethernet, or PoE, uh, security cameras. And so I have one large 24-port switch that's a PoE switch, and um, and I need I needed to mount that flat against the wall, and uh, I probably over-engineered the brackets, but Brent, you can see a picture of the switch mounts uh, against the, you know, in, in the show notes, and you can see how I've got the switch mounted against the wall. I d- I love uh, our different approaches because I would have just fabbed them out of aluminum. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> no. I, I see. I mean, I see why you did it. I yeah. mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, w- the, the way that it, the way that I worked it is, I I have a, a, a I have a, a, a mounting hole so that drywall anchors can go through the bracket, and then the switch lays into the bracket, and the bracket supports the weight of the switch. And then I have secured the switch mounting tabs, which would normally go in a 42U rack. Um, it, it, the, the the mounting tabs accommodate the the mounting the, the mounting brackets accommodate the mounting tabs of the switch, and I can and I've secured the switch to the uh, to the wall mounting brackets. So with all that, I'm going to upload those on Thingiverse, and I'll put a link to those brackets in the show notes because if anybody else wanted to wall mount a switch. Uh, I've I've done I've done the work for you. It's done. So I designed all that in Fusion 360, and it, it worked a treat. And Brent, I'm going to say this right now: a man could actually climb on that switch <laughs> and use it as a step ladder, and it's not coming off that wall, guarantee. Okay, and that's the way I, hope, I hope you have good layer adhesion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I do, I do, because I printed those uh, I printed those guys at uh, extremely high end fill so they're almost a block of pla is what they are so uh, we we won't have any issues there um just a couple of other things uh scrolling down through the show notes i did pick up a new toolbox from harbor freight and we were talking about uh we were talking about the uh the the tool storage but brent i went with uh, a toolbox uh from their u.s general line which i think is probably their 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 higher line kind of mechanic series uh, toolboxes, but they ran uh, a special on those over Christmas, and we have a brand new Harbor Freight in Shelbyville, Kentucky. So I walked into Harbor Freight, I slapped a coupon down on the down on the counter, <laughs> and I said, "Give me some toolboxes, Mister." And uh, his so ma- is this picture actually yours, the one you've got? Yeah, it's uh, that's actually. How, how do you get in the top of it? Uh, <laughs> With a ladder? No, no. I, I can stand there and pop it open and get into it. Even the very top? Does the top yeah. hinge up? Yeah, the top hinges up. Yeah. Oh, it must be the angle because this it, thing looks like it's about 18 foot tall. It looks like it's 8 foot tall, but it's really not. It's it's just the angle at which I took the picture okay. is all, all right. it is. I was like, geez. Yeah. Well, the great thing about it, though, is that this allows me to consolidate like three other toolboxes that I've got inside the house. And... Um, and I can move those small toolboxes out into my garage because uh, this spring I am going to completely empty my garage, paint my garage, and Brent, I'm going to do one of the, um, the I guess, like the commercial epoxy 
uh, coats on my garage floor. And so I am so looking forward to rehabbing my garage because it's the uh, it's the eyesore of, of my house, you know, just as far as just kind of how worn it looks mm-hmm. and everything like that. And so so my garage is going to get the treatment and I'm going to put uh, I'm finally going to have a nice a, a nice little toolbox set up in, in the garage in my house. So anyway, um, this allowed me to uh, to very much uh, organize a good portion of my workroom, and I was uh, happy to take advantage of ha- ha- now having Harbor Freight, uh, you know, local to me. Um, I've started doing some some upgrades to some electrical up- upgrades to the house. I'm going to do some panel swaps as soon as the weather breaks. I'll get into that as uh, as I actually have something to talk about there. Are but you going to redo anything in the game room? Uh no no I, I don't have any intent I don't have any intent to no uh this is actually I, this well I say that though but this will actually allow me to run more circuits to the game room if I ever want to do it because uh, in my house right now I've got one two hundred amp panel and one one hundred amp panel but I actually have four hundred amp service running into the house. But for whatever reason, when uh, the house was built, we're, we're the second owners of the house. Whenever the gentleman who uh, built the house, he he just he put a 100 amp panel in, even though he could have put a 200 amp panel in. And so I'm going to uh, pull that 100 amp panel out, and I'm going to put a 200 amp panel in its place, and I'm going to upsize. So then I'll have two. 200 amp panels at the house and uh that will that will allow me to do some future upgrades that i would like to do at some point down the road as well um so so there's that but that's a spring project because uh as you well know you have to pull the meter and the house has to go dark for you know a day while, while you're working on that and i can't if it were just me, I wouldn't care. I would do it in 33-degree weather. It wouldn't bother me at all. But with but with uh, my wife, my daughter, and uh, a couple of dogs and every and you know and all that going on, that's 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 not going to happen. So, I've got I've got to wait for for fair weather in order to do that. the The only other thing that I'll mention is uh, this is a longstanding item that was uh, delayed by the pandemic several times, but I finally got in. Uh, my analog pocket and it, Brent if you're not familiar with that um, I'll, I'll include a, l- a link in the show notes I don't have it in here right I now but I will I'm, isn't the analog pocket it almost looks kind of like a bare PCB with like buttons on it but it's got a Game Boy kind of format well you're close and it's maybe potted in some kind of something so you're not like handling the bare PCB well you got the Game Boy part right uh, it's it's not it, no seriously it's not it's not a bare PCB it is a uh, it's made by a company called Analog which which is renowned for their FPGA uh, console systems and so if you just go out and search up analog pocket that's what i'm looking at so it does look it does look very game boy it, it it is a game it is a game boy game boy advance and game boy color all implemented in fpga so it takes all three of the cartridges on the back slot and it has a second fpga core that is that is uh yet to be opened up to developers so that they can um so so that they could run you know essentially build different cores for different systems and and I, i'm sorry I, I also forgot it also uh has fpga core support for the sega game gear as well oh that's cool yeah so it's all four of those in in one chassis um i have been 
watching YouTube reviews on it out the wazoo. It has been met with largely, if not almost exclusively, critical acclaim. Uh, just due to the the level fit and finish uh, the screen is just absolutely beautiful Um, I don't really have that many Game Boy or Game Boy Advance games uh, but this is going to prompt me to this is going to prompt me to get to get some physical cartridges and uh, and really kind of kind of delve into that so uh, no work on my zookeeper web store is not live yet and in a nutshell that's me (laughs) so I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to delve on those last two points because I keep them on my updates to uh, to haunt me uh knowing that they that i must get them done and i will get them done but uh that in a nutshell brent has been my last month (laughs) well you know some of the times i even the time i spent on the rc stuff i was like i could be doing game stuff but yeah i'm not getting out don't get me wrong when i say this but I'm just a little tired. Well, I think it's I think there's value in mixing it up a little bit and doing doing different things and come back to this and come back to that. And I mean, if you just if if you're just stuck in a pinball machine day in and day out or in an arcade game day in and day out, I mean, you, you'll get burnt and there's you will. So, I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it, too, is um, just, you know. The, my collection is is relatively stable and yeah. there's a few other pieces you know i've i've had i have had some other advancements in terms of like parts for games that i'm going to build um you know harder to find yes. type games yes, where yes. i've taken years to collect parts so i mean stuff like that'll happen that i plan for that to happen but i've had this conversation with someone here recently and i i'm sure i've intimated it uh intimated as much if i'm using that word correctly if i mm-hmm. recall yeah. on the show yes it just at least in my situation and i think you're a little here because it's been a bit since i've been to your garage but i'm definitely light years ahead of you in terms of just there's just too much of it yeah and the what i what i've been dealing with for me has been working through it did not show up overnight and it's not all going away overnight uh-huh. and I, when I when I'm dealing with it, and I, I say that and I mean it, dealing with it, I know it sounds kind of negative, and it kind of probably is. As I'm working my way through it, I'm just I just don't have a lot of gas left to do my stuff, yeah. stuff that's going to be that's going not right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I, I trust me. I totally get it. And and I know you've got to stand to stuff too that you're going to have. Oh my gosh, yes. You're going to have to work. Through. Yeah, yeah. And this, and of course that takes time. And I have full well intentions of doing that. I, I had actually started. I'd sold a few games, got rid of a few parts, um, and then yeah, then the you know the family issue with my dad and everything kind of cropped in you know in September, and that just uh, that just grinds everything to a halt. So I've not picked anything back up, and I, I'll I, you know I'll just be very uh, very transparent about it again. I probably won't pick up any of that work until at least after expo and the weather breaks because right now my brother and I were still helping my mom and well I mean not that we will stop helping my mom but but she requires yeah you're you're still getting that organized we're still in the we're still in the throes of it all and um 
you know, we've still got to get her moved and, and, uh, you know, a lot of things downsized and everything like that. So a lot of the, a lot of the game, like repairs and fixes and restoration work, it's, it's kind of, it's on hiatus right now because it has to be. So I, I get it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to throw something out, um, perhaps selfishly for myself. If we've got a listener to the show that's coming into a little arcade expo and there's something they're looking for, uh, reach out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I was just thinking I've got several banana baskets or not baskets, banana boxes, you know, the, the, the fruit boxes that bananas come in, you see them at the grocery store. I've got a bunch of those. They're, they're a nice uniform size and they're actually pretty heavy. So they're yeah. good to st- store stuff in. I've got several, full of uh pcbs where i'd gone through a couple years ago at this point tested noted uh i've got easy access to all that stuff dude you you ought to print out a list and take them with you to expo and just have the and just have the list out there and let people peruse it and say i'd like one pac-man one mappy and a spy hunter (laughs) pcb to go please i don't don't have that stuff i got a lot of jamma stuff i do have a bunch of classic stuff in there yeah but I don't know. Maybe I should just see the lay of the land at Expo, and I, you know, I don't want to impose upon upon them and look like a vendor setup or something. Yeah, I, I get that. Maybe yeah. keep a, maybe keep the boxes stored in the back of the booth, and for people that are in the know, come up and hey, yeah, you're more than welcome to thumb through there, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, well, you know, you know? something. I mean, I may do the same with my with my apron edgers. I've not talked about that here on the show in in months because I've just been kind of doing it on the on the QT as as orders have been coming in, but. Man, you know, I mean, I've been putting my 3D printer to work making money and I've been printing those those can, apron edgers and I can take oh, those yeah. to Expo and just and if anybody have them available and I and I'll have them available and if anybody's interested just let me know. I don't want to again I, much like you, I do not want to abuse our uh, our relationship or goodwill by um, having a table there and throwing it up as a vendor and then appearing like, oh, well, the guys are just, you know, oh, those broken token guys are just, you know, yeah. well, they, they just set up shop, you know. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah, not it. But I, I'll definitely have a, a pack of, of edgers with me. And if anybody is interested, I, I'll, I'll get you, I'll get you hooked up with some. So, oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, Whitney, let's take a break and we're going to slide into the next segment. I want to talk a little bit about I mentioned this at the top of the show. I want to touch a little bit on the K7000, just share some uh, some things that I've learned, try to help a few people out that they're out there working on them. It's a super common monitor. See them in all kinds of games. I mean, I've even seen them. They're not, it's not a Pac-Man era type monitor, but I've seen them in games like a Pac-Man because yeah. at the end of the day, the 19 inch, it's a standard res the 19 inch flavor standard res you can drop them into a pac-man galaga galaxy and any of it so handy man and i've seen it done so you could have a classic game that has this in it and it also translates up to uh the folks that have from our standards a little newer game because a lot of your 25s your standard 25s standard res 25s they're k7000 variants so a lot here there's a there's a a lot there for a lot of people excuse me we'll touch on that and uh it uh, looks like we got some follow-up from a conversation we had in a prior show we'll get t- 
touch on that. Looks like you've got some stuff from Stern here, and the oh, mailbag yeah. is a full. Yes, yes, and we'll excuse me. I've got a cough. My, vo- my <laughs> voice is my voice is killing. My eyes are watering and everything uh, else. This is it. This is the end of the show. <laughs> the, 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 no, 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 no. The, this is this is suffering for it's your cereal. Art. <laughs> no, this is suffering for your. Did you have some cereal dust? Uh, well, some cereal would actually make this worse, I think. But but yeah, we've got an update on the retro chip tester, and then um, and then something that I, I think would be very interesting for folks that are going down the whole Stern Insider Connected uh, route. And, um, and then, yeah, then we'll get into some news and we'll, we'll call this one. But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's hit a break and we'll be right back. Whitney, well, we made it back then. You still have two full boxes of Ghostbuster cereal over there. And I also just shocked you that I started this the next segment. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting over here <laughs> laughing and clapping my hands just like a big old dummy. And then you start the show back up and I'm like, oh, you know, I, we can always restart. But here we are. Uh, here we are. I'm like, oh, I, I probably ought to put on some headphones so we can talk some more. <laughs> yes, Brent, I am back. Can you hear? Because you've added to yeah. your repertoire. Yeah, I've, I've actually wore robe yes. you have added a, a pull not a pullover a jacket a jacket with a hood you want over you? over my toboggan and now i it's, have my headphones over the jacket that's over my toboggan i mean it's i don't know why it seems to have gotten that much colder down here and it's one of the warmer days we've had but I also i went and put on a jacket yes. and i just so that you don't feel weird i put thank my hood up you, thank you thank you i really do appreciate it <laughs> You know what? Good envy here. This this month at cereal. Next month, I'm gonna have a slab of beef down here hanging from a big hook. (laughs) It turns into jerky by just hanging. You know, it's great. Oh, well, you know, we can start the next segment of the show. But a penguin ran up and stole my laptop. (laughs) And he dropped it because it, it, you know, it frostbit. It's a little chilly. His his it it frostbit his little wings. You know. Oh my gosh. So the K7000, Whitney, have you yes. rebuilt a K7000? I have not. Uh, no, I, I haven't. And that's, and that's probably shame on me. But, it, but I'll say this. Everything that I have rebuilt has either been a Geo7, a Sanyo, or a... 4900 yeah, or 4600 yeah 40 or 4600 or 4900 yeah i just ha- you know i think I was, I was going back and looking through my notes i think i've got a couple of k7000s uh as spare sitting on my quote unquote my inventory shelf up in my building mm-hmm. but i don't have them i don't have them in any of my games i mean i think they're that great I can, monitors that I, can, that I can recall but typically you find them in games that are outside of what is your and my target game demographic yeah, fair enough yep i mean don't do you have a neo geo in your game room i do have a neo geo in my game is it room. A, is it a, a red like a factory build or is it a conversion oh no it, no it's red factory build so and you've not rebuilt the monitor not that? had to it looks perfect well i would it have looks, thought that would have awesome. been a geo 7 I, I mean i'm sorry i'm sorry i would have thought that would have been a k7000 it might be i i guess i, I probably ought to get in it and look but the only thing it long ago yeah, yeah. I've, I've had it for a while and uh it looks absolutely brilliant and i vacuumed it out and cleaned it up and it's just and there it sits. And there it sits. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like mine. It just runs. It, it just runs. Yeah, yeah. Well, most of the games, as I mentioned in the last segment, most of the games that are in like Whitney and my generation genre here. You know, you're talking your Trons, your Gorfs, your Pac-Mans, your Galagas, your Galaxians. Right on, brother. Yes. Yes. They're going to be other than Nintendo stuff. That's your Sanyos. They're yeah. going to be the the Geo Seven or your Wells Gardener forty nine hundred, forty six hundred. So the seven thousand was 
the go-to monitor when you shifted away from the the, the, go, the golden age the golden age yeah yes. that, that's a great yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to to look at it yeah and again it's standard res so you can put a k7000 and i've seen it happen you'll have a k7000 in a air quotes earlier game i mean it, it, the the frame dimensions are the same it they're all kind of interchangeable from a from a plug it and go perspective so even if you don't have one of these you might end up with one or you could actually have one and don't realize it so anyway so i just wanted to touch on this again i'm 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 fairly certain long ago we might have had this discussion or part of it in in uh, in with a bunch of other monitor kind of yeah, talk. Yeah, we did. So I searched the show notes while you were talking about the championship sprint, and um, I did find we mentioned the K seven thousand a few times in the past in the past, but mostly just around flyback replacement. That that's it. Okay, Not, nothing to the depth that I think you're getting ready to go into. Let's put it that way. So uh, in in. Actually, I'm going to get a little bit more detail on the flyback. So in reworking one of these, obviously, a ca- the caps are a must. Okay, let's just get that off the table. So, you, so you're saying shotgun it and roll, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Shotgun okay. it and roll. Okay. Anything that I'm going to keep, anything that ends up in my game room, definitely gets... A, a recap and then depending on what the monitor is it may automatically get a flyback replacement because i know like in a in a geo 7 flybacks tend to just go away especially yeah. the factory ones <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. that they are long past their service life and they don't seem as hardy as as say a 4600 i've never had a failed 4600 or 4900 flyback now that said in the time that i've been doing this those monitors those flybacks have become available in the secondary market commonly as has the sanyos but when i kind of started your almost always have to replace it and still kind of is was your I, i've got so many monitor numbers running in my head whitney i've lost my mind was your <laughs> geo 7 yeah and then definitely the k7000 so you know caps is a must but on the flyback even if the thing is running and you're just recapping it take a look at the focus block so that's the block on the on the kind of the user facing side of the flyback and if you open the back of the game it's generally staring at you in the face which is where your pots are for your screen and your focus if it's an original flyback i'll pretty much guarantee you if you look really close you'll see cracks hairline cracks in that that block which is just that flyback heating and cooling expanding and contracting over time some heat soak in that plastic making it brittle and i've had problems with games that wouldn't keep focus they get they'd come up they'd be great and as the the focus would drift or the screen would drift or and it was just that block with the pots in it just getting warm opening up things moving around and literally falling apart how about it i've done several where i've recapped them and an electrical engineer i'd love to 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 understand the theory on this if you hear this anecdotally and as we'll discuss later there's some some really really bright people some electrical definitely electrical engineers that listen to this show and it's very humbling because uh, i don't know about you whitney but i'm an idiot well, I, so hey man, i can I, only I imagine what, <laughs> I, I tell you, it takes two and maybe, i'm the second maybe, one How maybe about that? stuff like this is just 
got good comedy to like an ee <laughs> you know like <laughs> super niche so, so here here's the thing maybe we know just enough lingo to be dangerous and <laughs> and we're familiar and i'm gonna put this in air quotes we're quote unquote familiar enough that we're not just blatantly and patently ignorant but we're certainly <laughs> not where others are yeah. how about that yeah so the anecdote that i hear all the time with the monitors that are that are well known for popping a flyback k7000 being one when you rebuild the 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 chassis it by recapping it it air quotes stresses the original flyback and makes them more prone to blow in my experience i've had mixed results but i have definitely had a monitor that was that was in a game and i could run it and run it and it did um, it might be at a friend's house it might be a friend headed on location it was just doing its thing then i'll recap it and then within a week a day i've even had it happen within an hour that flyback goes poof definitely had wow. that happen with the geo7 yeah in my oh, basement yeah. it was ugly and it stank yeah. okay so <laughs> i i don't i don't understand the difference between fresh caps that are in spec and what stress that could put on a flyback that's any different than what it was experiencing before that yeah you know because to me when i think of a flyback failure i'm thinking the windings have an issue where the coating for whatever reason burns off heats up cracks and then you end up with a short in the winding and then it cascades and you know it overdraws current pops a fuse katie bar the door blows a hole out the side yeah it makes a smoke bomb yeah you know i think of maybe incorrectly so a failure like that is rooted in a mechanical failure that ends up in an electronic failure but nonetheless i'm running down a rabbit hole that i obviously don't know a lot about i just can tell you that in the geo7 and in this case a k7000 if it's got a factory flyback in it even if the monitor's running when i'm freshening up mm-hmm. it goes it goes it's yeah. out it's yep. out i had mentioned this at the top of the show all this stuff applies for a 19 and a 25 inch k7000 there's not a lot of difference in the chassis the the flybacks are the same you get some difference in the power supply section and the voltage regulators and and what's required for the uh the associate the yoke associated with the different size tubes so there's some minor differences but overall everything i'm talking about here it's it's the same for either 19 or 25 inch i mentioned um so, so flyback is compatible same yeah. flyback and then in the medium res which is really what brought this back to mind you look like you're going to ask me a question no 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 oh, no okay. I'm, I'm waiting to see where you go with this the medium res which was brought, what brought this that i just built which is what brought this whole k7000 things back back to to my mind it also can use the same flyback okay so if you've got a couple or one depending on what your your collection looks like if you have a spare k7000 flyback you're covered for a 19 inch you're covered for the 25s you're covered for the medium reses okay which is really nice oh yeah I, yeah it is. it is that's that's and, and that's unusual i went back and had to well i didn't have to do it again i was gonna say I had to do it again i'd never done it before for the first time i i was looking at this medium res i had and the flyback was popped in it well i've got k7000 flybacks but i didn't know if there was something different and that's kind of i mentioned to the top of the show there there's like this weird mythological art you know <laughs> where a unicorn comes down and like 
winks at a chassis and it's a medium res k7000 that only it and one other person knows that makes it you know yeah, yeah. It, it's not really well documented and it, at least not in the in the lore of the internet and i'll be honest with you whitney i didn't look at the, i've got the schematic for this for the monitor i didn't sit down and compare them yeah. side by side yeah but at a quick visual look you really can't tell yeah and it is the best as i can tell at least with real quick regard to the medium res there's a little i think it was a i'm trying to remember if it was a pcb no it's not a pcb it's a little um not even a bus bar i can't think of what the term for it is imagine like a little piece of pcb board with some solder eyes on it and then you could like wire wrap uh, say a resistor leg around this one and a cap leg around the same one and, and, and bond them together with a little solder mm -hmm. you know and each of the little eyelets are independent they're not electrically the same yeah so there's a little there i cannot think of that what those are technically called it's, it's almost like a like a bridge board or something kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like yeah. yeah people use them a lot if they're just going to like kind of drop a, a cap in a circuit to, for a little smoothing or something they'll use them like as a little breakout but it's not like a breadboard okay i've actually used them like i've replaced multi-value caps and old equipment i've used them along with modern electrolytics to tie all my legs together and make my replacement cap because it was just a, a handy thing to use yeah so there's this little there's one of those up on as you're looking at the back of the chassis like you're looking in the back of the tube and you're the flybacks there you're looking right at the pots for the focus and uh the screen on the left side of the chassis on that aluminum heat sink there's one of those little things that's got like three or four little little eyelets on it and it's screwed to the heat sink and there's a couple flying leads up to it and i can't even remember what a few passives are on it like a, a resistor and a cap and it's doing something to modify one of the circuits to make this a medium res monitor and i was more concerned with just kind of getting it running i did like i said whitney i didn't go through the schematics but nonetheless if you know you've got one if you think you've got one from a from a cat perspective it's pretty straightforward and from a flyback perspective you don't need anything special now, one of the things that will kind of throw you for a little bit of a loop from a flyback perspective is on the medium reses, I, this one had it. And, and according to the internet lore, as I was researching it, <laughs> this is a common thing. There's a white block, like a white plastic block that's on the monitor pan. So that flat part of the monitor frame that the chassis adheres to. From what I understand, according to the internet, it's got a couple of resistors potted in that in some kind of resin. And it's in line with the flyback. <laughs> Don't you hate those? Oh, yeah. Man. It's just like it's in line with the flyback up to the CRT socket. And people have reported that they have taken it out with no problem and it's just a bleed off and da, da 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 and i'm kind of of the opinion that if an engineer decided it needed to be there because the, the name of the game in mass production is cost reduction oh yeah so and reliability uh, yeah yeah Oh, yes, balanced with reliability. Yeah. If we don't need the 14 cent resistor, but we can buy the 13 cent resistor and it'll run through our warranty period, we're going to do that because on mass, that penny makes a difference. Oh, yeah. Yep. So if there was a reason for that to be there, whatever it is, again, I'm kind of at the point, at least with regard to the medium res, but I'm getting to a moral of the story here. I'm kind of to the point of I don't really care. You know, I didn't have to care, 
but I spliced it back in line. All right. And on some of the 25s, there's also a block that in this case, it's black. It's a black plastic block with something potted in it. And they they tend to be up on the frame itself. And if I recall, it's been several years since I've, I've had a monitor with one. If I recall, it's actually spliced in line with the anode cap. And if I recall correctly, the internet lore says those are typically in gun games and they help. It's a, it's like a, I think if memory serves, the line of thinking is, is it's a big capacitor in there and then it helps with high voltage and a reduction of blooming of the monitor when you pull the trigger on the gun and it flashes at white mm-hmm. you've got these massive changes from like a dark or a highly contrasted image to like all white mm-hmm. so that the guns can read it <clears throat> same thing many people uh when i first ran into that i did search on the internet lore and many people talked about well i just take it out It'll run just fine without it, like a standard K7000, and I've never had a problem in a gun game. I actually had one that was in, I'm pretty sure it was a Neo Geo Whitney, and just out of curiosity, I mean, I had a little time to kill, which I wish I still had, and I tried it both ways. You know, I took that chassis in and out three or four times, put it in, took it out, put that in line, took it out played the game, let it run for a while, kind of an experiment. And I didn't have any problems with it. It ran without it, but ultimately I put it back. Because you've got to think it's there for a reason. Yeah. And I don't understand that reason. So I don't understand. I I can't make a call as to feeling that I can remove it. Yeah. Yep. So point being with this is if you have a monitor, whether a K7000, whether it's a medium res that has the white block, or you have, uh, in my case, it was a 25-inch, whatever sub-flavor of the K7000 standard res it was, that had the, the this black potted block. I put them back. And when you splice them in, you're talking about some high voltage here. So we're not talking like wire nuts, and we're not talking electrical tape. <laughs> you need to take time. You need to, you need to solder the connection, and I usually end up, uh, with like two two layers of a heat shrink tube mm-hmm. so two different sizes mm-hmm. hit the first one get it on there hit the second and get it on there i haven't had any problems with any kind of leakage or anything but personally when i run into those no matter what the internet says i do for the same reason you said whitney i gotta believe there's a reason i don't know what that reason is so i'm gonna err on the side of caution and i put them back in through all of this all the same flyback I've never used anything but the standard, and I don't have the part number in front of me, but the standard K7000 flyback in all of these scenarios. So the fl- with the flyback out of the way, caps out of the way, that's all pretty straightforward. The other thing to really pay attention to on the K7000 is they are really bad about crack solder joints and the underside of the PCB, a lot of them, you can flip them over and you can see huge, a huge discolored area around the power supply section mm-hmm. where they just bake themselves. Now, is that just... Is that just due to due to heat trappage, the way that the chassis sits on the pan, or is that just uh, inadequate solder, or is that all of the above, or, or what? Honestly, to me, I think it's a classic case of these were never designed to run this long. Okay, and that's very fair. I mean, that's you know, a good answer, yeah. I don't know, and this would be kind of an, if anybody out there knows this, if you take apart a, a Wells 4600, 
and you look at the main chassis because you on the 4600 you have the main chassis and then you have the vertical cards even the power supply section has a vertical card that plugs into it yeah so um but people kind of don't see that because it's kind of integrated in with with the side wall which is like a heat sink type of a situation mm-hmm. um the if you look at the main chassis you can see where like the all the a, a ton of other pieces go that would have gone in to have made that a television <laughs> and if memory serves yeah yeah um, that's a good point if memory serves i mean there's even like uh, i think i'm remembering this right you can even see silk screened like where the tuner little tuner box would go on it the rf box and all that fun stuff hmm. um or sorry excuse me the rf box not the, tuner, yeah. the rf box yeah the rf box yeah and you'll see a bunch of jumpers and everything around all the pieces that aren't in there that aren't required because you don't need sound section you don't need all that junk but just what you what you need to make it an arcade monitor display is all that's there i don't think the k7000 was ever designed originally like as a television it might have had a, a possibility of being designed to just be like consumer grade it runs a couple hours a day at most maybe eight hours a day i think the k7000 was designed ultimately purpose built Mm -hmm. because it seems to me as well that that is also kind of common or at least it was common in like uh airports and stuff like that it was a common uh, somewhere in my mind i've picked up that that was a common design used for like public displays in like airports or restaurants or or whatever bowling alleys so i think it was purpose built as a display at the end of the day though i just you know I don't think it was designed to last 30 years Yeah, and all that heat, uh, heat cycles over time, that high speed wasn't designed to be sitting there today. After all, It's a good point. Yeah. It's a good point. But you know, it's problematic, but it's easily addressable point being, if you're sort of a novice at this, or if you're not a novice, but you've not actually gotten into this particular monitor, you just really need to look it over really well because with all that heat soak comes cracked solder points. You'll get in and uh, get in one of these monitors and you'll look around and you'll notice, especially in any of the larger solder points, the sheen is really gone and it mm. looks almost like um, almost like a gunmetal gray. Mm-hmm. And it looks it looks almost as if if you could zoom in, it almost looks as if it was spider webbed. Yeah, almost like it almost like it's been depleted. What, yeah, what, yeah, whatever, like it's, whatever like its life has been. Yeah, sucked like out of the it. life is just sucked out of it. It's just turned to just the dullest, just just dark, just the dullest and just the dullest gray. Yes, yes. it's hard to describe, but if you look the chassis over which is where i guess i'm kind of guiding everybody to versus just focusing on trading this cap solder trader unsolder remove trade it out solder yeah you got to look the whole chassis over and it'll start to stand out i always find the input headers cracked every one i've ever done i've even had them where I've resoldered them and then had a broken trace past it from where it had been damaged and and broke the trace. And, you know, I lost, uh, it was a sync signal on that particular monitor. Yeah. And it took me forever because I'm like, I know I resoldered these. I know they work. I know, yeah. that, you know, well, they yeah. didn't. Yeah. Point being, really look the monitor over, really look the chassis over. Anything that looks suspect, 
definitely resolder it. I like to go ahead and just pull the solder out of it. I've got a desoldering iron. You know, if you're using braid, whatever, pull that old stuff right out. If you can't get it to melt, uh, this is a this is a nice neat little trick. If you flow a little fresh solder into old solder, it'll help to go ahead and let it flow again, so you can pull it out of the joint, get it cleaned up, and resolder it. The big thing past that to look for is because of this heat, and probably because of maybe a little cost cutting, the uh, the pads will want to lift. I have I can't think of a seven thousand I've ever done where I've not lifted at least one or two pads. Mm-hmm. I'll go and I'll pull the solder out of the joint. I'll pull the cap out, and sometimes when I desoldered it, it'll take the pad with it right oh, into yeah. the gun, yeah, right, oh, right yeah. into the soldering tool. Yeah, I've had that happen to me on on monitors that I've rebuilt as well, and mm-hmm. then you get out the jumper wire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, and if that doesn't happen, what I also have happen is is I'll go to jam the cap in it. And as the as the leg goes back through the pad, I'll see it pop yeah, right up. Pop it right up. Yep. So I mean, that's that's easy to deal with. Nine times out of ten, what I can end up doing is I'll take that leg of that cap and I'll just bend it following the trace to the next solder point down the line and I'll just I'll tack it there and mm-hmm. then of course I'll solder as much as I can to help stabilize it at the pad even though it's a little loosey goosey yeah but I'll use the leg itself as a jumper yeah the only thing that might be a little bit of a trick there is as if it's something that's in line like if, if you're kind of like you know if you're at the end if you will of a trace and that it ends at the caps pad you can go back upstream to the next thing but if you're kind of in in series like you've got some solder point you got the cap leg that came through and just lifted the pad and then the trace follows down to something else that's beyond it you actually have to bridge across all three to make sure that you don't have a break one side of the other of the cap and you just get creative you use wire and you jump all three or you might be able to take a cap leg and get to the the downstream and a wire and get to the upstream and sometimes honestly Whitney what I've done is whenever I cut the cap legs off I don't throw them right in the trash I keep them in a pile that, yes and I learned in case that, I need them for a jumper yeah, yeah. and, I, and I, I tell you what I, you've mentioned that before and I've started doing that and they do come in handy because you just get your tweezers out and you could place one wherever you want it yep. and then you use it as a jumper exactly yep. yep so i've even been known to take if if i if i need to go upstream and downstream because i've got a lift lifted pad in the middle if i can reach it with the leg of the cap you know i'll put it through bend it over hit one one side then i'll take another leg that i've cut off from another cap and i'll make my jumper the other way yeah and yep. it solder all three points and then bob's your uncle yeah you know you're you, away you go yeah so, you got it at the end of the day, this sounds like it's a big pain, and it's not really a pain. 7,000s aren't that hard to work on. They're actually really easy to deal with or easy to get out of the out of the cha- uh, excuse me out of the frame you're not dealing with a billion caps the trick of it is is like i said always i always do the flybacks and you just got to be careful of lifting pads and the result of that lifting the pad lifting is just in, in my opinion, the heat soaking of the monitor, excuse me, the heat soaking of the chassis and just the deterioration of the board over time. And it's all repairable. I've never had one that I've not been able to bring back. And I've had them that were really rough that were just half a dozen lifted pads.
pads. I mean, you look at it crossways and a pad will fall off of it. Yeah. Flyback blown out of it. Voltage regulator, you know, hot gone. I've never had one that with just a little time and attention, I haven't been able to resurrect and then it just, it runs like a champ. Look over it, take your time and, and don't just jump cap to cap. Make sure you take in the whole chassis and, and just anything that looks suspect, just touch it up and trust me you'll be much happier in the long run yeah no, much happier yep yeah, it's that's good advice it's good advice and think about it is even even just listening to you talk about it now talk about the k7000 now when i look at them in the future i'm always going to think about the hot spots in the solder and just you know refreshing it all the way across the board where i may not have done that i, I would have just capped it flybacked it and then and figured out what what wasn't working after that yeah you know? yeah I, i've done that i've come back a week later two weeks later and like well why is i just redid that monitor why is red red gone yeah take it out and it was like well every one of the header pins are cracked <laughs> so you, th- these are things that you learn it is it, like i said as you've done several and it's just yeah. just something to share you know there's a lot of monitors that you can just you you literally can throw the caps in even older design monitors chassis and go to town you're you're happy 4900s those things are like free, freaking tanks short of, of just doing caps and then i'll do an inspection because i've been bit enough 4900s i don't ever have any problems with geo7s i don't really ever have any problems with other than a flyback that's a must on a geo7 yeah. 4600s they got a similar story and we've talked about it on the show search the archives i've got a similar story of lessons learned for a 4600 because it has a lot of places in it that have to have attention kind of like the 7000 yeah no it's it's good to know Def, definitely good to know so Whitney, what am I looking at here? It's, it's what's this newfangled coin door looking thing I'm staring at? <laughs> okay, so before we get to a, an update on the retro chip tester, which we talked about on episode 102, I want to give a special shout out, and and it deserves a mention here in in our tech segment. Uh, friend and listener of the show Brian C has created this, and this is a 3D printable coin door mount for the Stern Insider Connected QR Reader. And so Brian is offering up on uh, on Thingiverse, and uh, we'll have the link in the show notes. And if you go to that to that link on Thingiverse and and grab that that particular thing, then you'll notice that there's there's three different uh, design files that you can print. Uh, one for uh, just the Insider Connected Kit, um, the QR uh, the QR code reader where um, where it doesn't have any volume controls, and then the other two accommodate either the Stern supplied uh, volume control that would normally mount inside the the dollar bill acceptor slot in the coin door or the volume control from pinball life uh, believe it or not all th- those two are different which then again is different from the from the third setup so he offers three uh, STL files to accommodate either uh, either one of those volume adjuster kits or just uh, remote mounting the QR code in the coin door without using one of the volume adjuster kits and so help, help me out this, here. This so, is this is neat. Yeah. So help me out here. I know that the they're expanding this. So the Stern Insider deal with, where it could read the QR code that started shipping on games with Godzilla. Uh, yes. And then they were supposed to offer aprons to retrofit back so many games, whatever yeah. 
uh, all this what spike two games all, or, all the spike two games are supposed to be getting the retrofit kit and it, it's not an apron per se uh unless it's unless it's I, in the apron on godzilla it, yeah so well i think it's already mounted in there right right it's already mounted in the apron but uh and you you always see it on the right hand side of the apron but what it is is uh those those aprons the the premium and the le aprons the metal aprons actually have uh, a, a little panel there that you can that you can unscrew and then drop that panel out and then the qr reader slides up oh, even in, that in the hole. games today even in the games today oh, correct okay. yeah you're, it you're, does I, it does not require a new apron so a pro well pros are different because they have plastic aprons and they do not have the recess already cut out okay so a pro does require a new a new apron that already had honestly accommodates the qr honestly i didn't realize the premiums and stuff still had metal aprons yes they do okay yeah yeah so so all they are is just a retrofit kit that comes in a small box with with just the qr reader mounted to a plate that just you, you drop your plate out of your existing apron and you put the you put the, the insider connected okay. in so brian's yeah. kit here gives you an alternate location for this exactly in the coin door in the coin door and the reason why i think this is ingenious is because what it does is it gets the qr code and that light that is constantly lit up yeah. for the scanner it gets that out of your face and gets it out of I, the apron i looked at that and the i mean it's a it's a camera i'm assuming it's a camera it's a ccd right it's yes. a camera to read that uh-huh. and i couldn't imagine why that bright that bright had to be so light that light <laughs> had to be this is this is rough with yeah that light had to be so bright yeah other than to call attention to it well either that or i think it it probably illuminates that area for reflectivity so that it could read the smartphone Mm -hmm. screen regardless of how bright the smartphone screen is i bet it yeah, I bet it um, illuminates the smart the smartphone screen so that the QR so that it can uh, so that it can get the contrast it needs for to see the QR code. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I did something here recently as you were explaining. It, it occurred to me that I had a, a code, a QR code, or something, a return code on my phone. It, it the contrast was the brightness was too low. It was too low. So the machine isn't going to go. Please turn up phone. No, it's no, just no. Gonna, I, it's going to illuminate. I think it's you. just going to throw a yeah. torch up there and illuminate it. And the, you know what? This would be so cool if i really kind of cared about starting insider but well, <laughs> well okay so here's the thing i had to work that in. you had to work that but in. It's true. And, and i know and i know it's true but it's all good but but it, it bears covering i mean it's worth covering because you know i mean this is this is a, a good development for for these machines and it again i think this is i think this is superior to mounting it in the apron especially for the home user where you don't want every time you walk up to your machine you don't want to be looking at that you don't want to headlight your face yeah exactly so i want to give props to brian for for doing this and for making it freely available on thingiverse and uh and, and you can you can print out any one any one of the three or all three that suits you based upon your machine's uh configuration so so, Brent, we're going to combine uh, this, the 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 news and the feedback segment. And we here. have we have a link to that in the in the show notes. Yes, too. yes, we do. Yes, the thing yep. verse. Yes, uh, um, 
STL file. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yep. We we do. And and that'll that'll be on the show notes on the website as well. <clears throat> so Brent, I want to uh skip around here just for a second because I want to read this feedback first and then I'm going to double back to what I've got in the show notes. Okay. And this is um this is feedback and it was sent in uh and I'm going to say his name is Stefan or Stefan. I don't know which. Um, but uh, we'll say it's Stefan, okay? And so, and, and if it's Stefan, we apologize. Cause it, it is, it, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. If it is Stefan, we'd certainly apologize because after the name butchering we did on the last episode <laughs> for the, for the gentleman, from, I, b- I believe this ge- gentleman is German. Uh, yes, I, b- so, I believe yeah, he is. The, 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 we would typically pronounce uh, pronounce it uh, Stefan here. Stefan, yes, yeah. yeah. And so we'll, we'll so go, we don't know, we're idiots. but we don't know. Yeah. But based upon his email address domain, it uh, it certainly looks to be German. So Stefan writes, and he says, "Hi guys." I just heard your episode 102. It was a great one. And I did respond to Stefan and I said, Stefan, we're, I'm humbled. I'm uh, I'm a bit surprised that you listened to the show, but well, thank you, you, you for doing so. You haven't told. You get to the next line, so yeah. I know who Stefan is. Yeah. Here. Well, the reason why this is uh, why this is germane is Stefan is the developer of the retro chip tester, and so he's listening to the show, and he says, and I always find it interesting uh, to to hear how the RCT is reported. He says, so, uh, yeah, I'll jump in when I yeah. saw this in the notes. The same thing, Whitney. Um, I, I was. I was completely shocked and humbled. <laughs> yes, Stefan obviously is a very, very intelligent individual, <laughs> whereas we are not. <laughs> and as but but we have gusto. Yeah, we have we, we have gusto. We, we have gusto. Know, I've learned some hard lessons. You've learned some hard lessons. We've taught ourselves a lot of stuff, but many of the area and we don't, we don't hide it. We we don't speak from a lot of authority other than no, no. Uh, just being learned, having learned hard lessons. Yeah, the, and, the school of hard knocks. Yeah, and having a genuine interest whereas, in what we're doing. Whereas a whereas a gentleman like Stefan here uh, or Stephen here uh, is obviously very bright. Yes, and obviously knows all kinds of stuff uh, about the things uh, upon which we discuss you know, w- w- that we talk about, and uh, surely. <laughs> Surely he listens to us for the the comedic pure, the, the comedic relief comedic comedic relief of it yes yes as, as niche as it may be to a uh, who's someone that's obviously an electrical engineer yeah so yes I am incredibly humble yes de- definitely so so it was it was really really nice feedback to get so so Stephen, a- anyway thank you. yeah and, and he goes on to say he says the topic of navigation is nice and, and Brent uh, and for everybody who who uh, listen to the show but may not remember that was one of the items i think that i brought up around around the topic and the navigation of the menu system because i had read some um read some read some people post or read some posts about that by people who had said oh it would be great if or this is awesome but or it would be nice if the next version did this or did x and so Stefan says the topic of a navigation is nice. He says there's uh, there's always a lot of talk on YouTube about things that uh, about things that that a device has not uh, has not tried. I, let, let me rewind this because well, I, I I think that I, I I know exactly where he's going. He, what he intends to say is there's always a lot of talk about things by people who have not tried it themselves. Right. 
And of course, I'm sure English is his secondary language. As it is ours. Actually, yes. it's my tertiary language. <laughs> <laughs> Between the O's and the ums. And yeah. The, oh, yeah. It, I, yes, exactly. I get it. Uh, so, so, yeah. So I was reading it verbatim, but I, but I, I know exactly where he was going. Yep. He says, so navigating without a rotary decoder is not bad and sometimes even makes sense. Just think about it once, though. You have selected a 4164, a type a type of chip you may be testing, and when you press the button, the menu jumps to 4116, and the result is the chip is, is roasted. And I, I can understand that. So ca- case in point, valid. He says, if you need information, the manuals can be downloaded from the website at 8bit-museum.de slash RCT. Uh, he says, unfortunately, I cannot offer a shop. I developed the, RC, uh, the RTC. Did I say RCT? Uh, no, uh, you, you corrected it. Okay, RTC. thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in my spare time, in a web shop would take time I that I that don't have. I keep thinking, um, I've seen it referred to as that before, and I will, uh, uh, my little brain goes, real-time clock. Yeah, my little brain goes, real-time <laughs> clock. Exactly. And that's just exactly what my See, little brain this, did. And I, I'm so glad he's a listener, and after... Uh, after my silliness, yeah. Unfortunately, I bet 103 is the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no! Let's give ourselves some credit. Uh, he says, "I also never thought that the retro chip tester would be so successful." Well, it 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 apparently it, it's is rolling. It so is, it's to great. Me, it is like the. Um, Oh my gosh! What's the what's the uh, monitor pattern? Oh, generator? the test pattern generator. The, the, the uh, crafty man. The PPG. It's yes. like it's like the crafty mech of the of testing chips yeah so when it's you, that thing we've wanted yeah yeah and it's portable and it's there and, and it, it just it it yeah it's amazing yeah. yes yeah, and he says uh he says so i'm currently a bit overwhelmed admittedly he says if you have any questions p- uh, please feel free to contact me best regard stefan now i will say i i did email him some questions I will feature them in next month's show because he did reply and he did answer my questions, but I didn't see the reply till I was five minutes getting ready to walk out the door and I just, I wasn't going to jam them into the show notes. Okay. So I want to read the reply, reply back to him and then, uh, you format everything and then we will have the next part of this discussion on the next show. Okay. Okay, cool. Now, the reason why I read this first is because I wanted to go back into the show notes and focus on the part where he says, unfortunately, I cannot offer a shop. Uh, He doesn't have the time. I get it. I totally get it. Now, there are some folks on uh, Facebook that are apparently building the retro chip tester. They they get get the the PCBs from Stefan and they go through uh, getting the, the bill of material from either Mauser or DigiKey or someplace else, or maybe they order the parts from China. I don't know, but uh, but apparently there are some folks that are offering the retro chip tester as a turnkey pre-built product. Um, there's uh, there's one gentleman. His name is uh, Greg uh, Stefanik. Stefanik, it looks like, and he actually oh, has actually a, no, that's Stefan Stefan. Stephon- 
kick. Sick or kick. S T E F A N C I K. Yeah, I added I added an additional vowel. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's not there. Apologies, there, Greg. But anyway, Greg is offering this up, and I'll I will get a link to his post on Facebook. Put that in the show notes, and also his link on eBay to an item where he sells them, and they are they're available for purchase there. Um, you know, he says, I'm not selling these to make a living, but to enable fellow enthusiasts. And I, I, I totally respect that because that is a, uh, that is a much needed service for folks that may just want to buy and go. So, so anyway, I, yeah, I w- my, at first blush, I'm actually going to eBay now just to look. Yeah. At first blush, you know, if I could get the, the PCB, I'm okay. I've got accounts with DigiKey, Mouser, all that fun oh, stuff. Oh yeah. I don't have a problem, you know, putting together a bill of material, putting together the bill of materials in a cart, getting everything here and building it. But you hit the nail on the head, even if a, a Greg or somebody, if if they could get the PCB to me or even just the bag of parts and the PCB, yeah, that's worth a lot. That's, that's worth what's a my lot. time work. Yeah, and then, exactly. I mean, I'm there's it's it's I looking at it. I mean, it's. There's a there's a fair number of parts there. You're oh yeah, uh, yeah. you know there, to do it right. There's a fair number of parts. There's lots of resistors yeah. and everything. You're not going to do so. it in an hour or no, two. No, no. So depending on what what the the full boat is, I'm with you. There's a lot to be said for. Yeah, I, I I can do this. I know I can do this. What am I going to prove to myself by doing this? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm just I'm just soldering stuff together. Yeah, I'm just soldering to solder because I I mean I've I already know I can rebuild monitors. I already know that I can I, that I can you know fix rudimentary stuff on PCBs. I'm good. I, I don't I don't need another exercise in soldering. Yeah. What's my time worth? So it's so there there is that. Uh, so anyway, we'll have those links and like I said, I just wanted to post that follow up. Uh, so Stefan, thanks for thanks for writing in and um i'm going to ask him and see if he if he knows anybody that 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 he quote unquote has dealt with that uh that offers it as turnkey uh over and above potentially greg and um and then we'll we'll see if we can at least disseminate a bit more information i'm going to throw this out there maybe it's something we shouldn't put on the show but not that i would get into like the market greg is in but if uh, you know, I, I know you're cranking away on our web store. Mm-hmm. Maybe we resell his boards. If he if he gets to the point where he wants to do it, I, I mean, it could be something to talk to him about for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a just neat, to just to get him into the states. Yeah, for people yeah, that might want to do it on their own. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I don't know. I mean, so I mean, it'd be, it'd be worth talking to him about and seeing where he's at and what he's what he's thinking about. So, Stefan, look for look for a follow up there, and we'll certainly report back on on next month's show. And again, I'm sorry for everything, Stefan. <laughs> everything, because you obviously, you know, if he was here, he might just be able to look at a schematic and tell me what's in that potted block. Uh, you he know, very well could. Chris, then again, we're good. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't look at the schematic, so I don't know what's in it either. So <laughs> I should have just done, I should have just did that. <laughs> uh, so Brent, uh, why don't you, why don't you take a couple of, I, I guess it looks like your show announcements. Yeah. Then, so then we, then we've got a, just one real quick, I, I mean, announcement. Uh, and then uh, I want to close out with uh, a trip with a, uh, a, a, essentially a due tribute here. So uh, I'm, 
don't know why this wasn't updated in my notes. So let me Google this real quick. Okay, I got it. So the first thing I wanted to make sure that we touched on is Louisville Arcade Expo. Uh, we've talked about it in the last couple of shows, I think, where we've been able to, to get it in amongst everything else, but just wanted to make sure everyone was aware that it is a go for 2022. That too. It is a go for 2022. It's going to be March 11th and the, uh, through the 13th here in wonderful Louisville, Kentucky. It is at uh, the same location that it's been at. And, of course, now I'm scrolling through right now, Whitney, and I can't find the name of the venue. I just know where it is. This is terrible. This is what you get. I had this in the show notes. I don't know why it didn't sync. Louisville Arcade Expo, March 11th through the 13th. Yeah, that's the Ramada Plaza. Uh, Well, it used to be the Ramada Plaza, didn't it? Uh, Triple Crown Pavilion. Triple Crown Pavilion. Thank that, you. Th- and that see, that's part of it. There, I've honestly just stricken it from my mind because because that, all we ever do is just drive to well, it. Well, not only do we just drive there, but that hotel, as happens, it yeah. has rebranded oh, umpteen no, times, no less than five times. Yes. So, but it's the uh, uh, the Triple Crown Pavilion. So it's here off Plantside Dri- Drive in Louisville. And technically, that's actually J-Town, Jefferson Town. We refer to the entire metro area as Louisville. So. <laughs> that we do. Erroneously, but yes. yes. But we do. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, right here in our own, our own hometown. Of course, Whitney and I will be there. And as, uh, as usual, our plans are to to do a live stream Friday and Saturday night. So we'll have more about that on the February show. I'm assuming that unless that there's, there's kind of a change in the venue or change in overall plans that um, we're going to be doing, as usual, Whitney, 7 to whenever on yeah. Friday and Saturday yeah, night, nine, Eastern time. 9 or 10 o'clock, something yep. like that. We'll put you, uh, you know, a commentary about what's going on on the floor. We'll have surprise guests, anybody that we can get to come up, put on the mic. Uh, guests for the show, uh, noted people there, just friends to come in and sit down and chat with. Yeah, us. It's, so, it's always a fun time. It's it's a little free form and it's always a good time. And we can talk about anything. I mean, we can talk yeah. about arcade pinball. We can talk about movies. Oh, we can talk about yeah. pop culture. We'll we talk just, about movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'll be <laughs> fun. How bad Spider Man is? <laughs> no, no, how great it was. So yeah, look forward to that. If you can come, we'd love to see you come up, say hi to us. Uh, I'm I'm sure we're going to have a booth there again. We're still working with the uh, the show organizers. Hope to have them on February to kind of get a little detail. They're still trying to work stuff out in terms of guests and planning and all that. But um, I'm a, I'm I'm feeling that from our perspective, we're going to be able to do as we've done in the past, which is a live stream. So if you can't make it in person, try to set aside a little time on the 11th and the 12th, which is going to be that Friday and Saturday, 7 Eastern. We'll get the links out on our, sh- our we, social we media. Oh, yeah. And um, we always we haven't reviewed the streamer since you know, we actually of only because of COVID missed one Louisville Arcade Expo. We got the 2020 in literally the weekend before the weekend before it all shut down everything went mad yeah yes yep but we look to you we'll probably use the same streaming service but our we always have a goal of not requiring anything special not an app download anything and even if you're going to do it from a phone 
you can you should be able to do it from a browser just go right to the url and hit play and yeah. you're you're in yeah you're so in. we That's try to right. make it as easy as possible for people no ids no passwords none of that and, and i'm really harping on that because i mean we have a ball at, at the the service we use uh, MixLR. And, and I've kind of sh- shot away from because we haven't reviewed it in yeah, two years. Yeah. I'm assuming it's still all the same. We'll, we'll, we'll get that knocked out before the February show so we can start talking a little bit more about it. But it'll include, uh, a, a, it has included chat. So one of us will, or both of us will be monitoring chat and we'll take questions and commentary and, and, and the like from people listening live. So oh, yeah. inter- we interact with everyone and have the opportunity to do it. So Yeah, it is. It, it's a fun time. So yeah, Louisville Arcade Expo coming up. And I would definitely want to mention, even though we're we're almost we're just under a year away whitney uh it'll be on us quick though yeah the music city multicon whitney and i talked about this last show is it was when we had opportunity to do the recap yep so it's set for october 28th through the 30th of 2022 in uh, lebanon tennessee which is right there kind of co-located uh at with Nashville and it's in a man the facility we talked about it is wonderful 79,000 square foot Farm Bureau Expo Center there in Lebanon you got to come you got to check it out last year was the first year in that venue it's a great show and it's only going to get better exactly and and i mean there's there's already been some uh some guest announcements that that are just uh absolutely fantastic uh i mean david corgan and his wife julia who put on the show along with everybody who helps them out they've uh they've already secured david crane uh gary kitchen and dan kitchen uh for uh for for notable guests uh that are going to be there for the uh for the expo for the convention for the expo so uh and i know david's working on uh some others i won't uh won't reveal any of those he's talked to us about them but if they uh, if they pull through i mean i mean he's really going to have some some high profile folks at the uh at the the show in the in the console gaming arena and so it's just going to be it should just be mad fun i'm I'm really looking forward to it yeah if you check his site as he's getting guests to sign on he's uh, getting pictures up and I'm sure the, their individual profiles will f- uh, follow. Of course, the gaming ones we're aware of and uh, you know, we kind of know the history of those those individuals, but the, the site I'm sure will develop and I will go ahead and add, I know that um, it, it, it was kind of a, a uh, the trope of of a recent the recent discussion was people not able to recognize me because I had changed so much. Uh, well, there's a there's a, there's actually a current headshot of me up there now <laughs> that, that David revealed to us in, in in rather interesting in a rather interesting manner. <laughs> so yeah, go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. The I actually like the photo. It brings out the blue in my eyes. <laughs> That's good stuff. I I hate I hate pictures of me Whitney and I actually like this picture oh, it I, is it's, it's a good picture I think I'm gonna have him send it to me and I'm gonna use it for work <laughs> so all right so that, yeah that's the show announcements uh Music City Multicon it's it's a little ways out October but be thinking about it it's definitely worth uh, a visit and uh Louisville Arcade Expo is going to be upon us very soon very soon come yeah. see us Okay, so uh, just a, a quick, uh, just a, a quick hit on this, Brent. Uh, and we we can't, you know, we can't call ourselves, uh, you know, a, a neo pinball podcast without, you know, without acknowledging the current events or, or the news of the day.
day, and one of those uh, was the announcement of Rush Pinball by Stern. And so this is um, this has been long rumored. And I, Brent, I don't know. I mean, are are you a Rush fan? I, I mean, have you I mean, have you listened to their you music? Know, do you like do you like them as a as a band or do, a theme? Do I, do I have to say it? Well, I, I, do you know I know what, what I'm going to say. Well, I know what you're going to say, but I'm just I'm just curious. Okay, look. I mean, I know of them, okay. but I'm not. Okay, no. I, I was going to say not caring aside from a theme perspective. <laughs> I mean, okay, I, um, it's I. I and I, I don't know where to go with this. I'm like tripping over my own words. Yeah. I know the not caring thing has gotten to be a little bit carried away, but there's a little truth to it. But Rush, I, I've just, I've not, I'm not a fan. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm I want to say I don't care, but I want to say it in a nice way because I know, I know people really adore, Re- that really band. adore the yeah, band. I, oh I, I yeah, to- I totally get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, I'm just I've, I've I never was a big Rush fan. Yeah. See, and th- and that's me uh, as well. Never never was a big Rush fan, but I, I do want to. I don't I, care in the nicest way. Yeah, I get it. I, I totally get it. But uh, where I do want to where I do want to highlight this though is that uh, I you know, I watched a bit of the reveal stream and it looks like uh it looks like a fun game and despite not really being a, a big rush fan in the theme not really saying a whole lot to me uh the game looks uh very well put together it looks like it will be a lot of fun uh John Borg is the the primary designer Tim Sexton uh primary uh developer on it and uh, it, it's just uh it it does look like a fun game there's there's uh, quite a bit of quite a bit going on with the game uh i have uh i've listened to some other uh to some other podcasts and have heard some other folks uh, kind of give it i guess maybe some uh some comparisons to x-men and to tron i mean, I mean looking at the play field i can i can certainly see that but i you know i don't know if i'll think that while i play it it'll be interesting to see uh, really where that where that goes uh one thing that i that i did think was pretty interesting on this is in the le trim uh stern is including the expression lighting system that they used on led zeppelin and i think that's a good move for so a, what for, is what is that it's it's the it's the art it's the individual address RGB uh, LED strip that goes up the uh, the left and the right hand side of the cabinet, the interior cabinet. Okay. Yeah, and so um, so th- this it it was available for Led Zeppelin, but it is it's been included on uh, Rush LE, and I think that's a good move just for you know for rock band pins or concert pins. I think that'll I think that'll probably add uh, add a lot to it. But uh, you know, good looking art. I, I I really like the art. Um, I think the LE cabinet looks great. The Pro cabinet looks great. The the Premium cabinet. I'm not really that big of a. Which didn't really do a lot. So for I'm me. assuming. Uh, just looking at the picture that you've got in the show notes, the yeah, middle, pro, the, pro, this primary pro on the blue left. Yeah, premiums in the middle. Is premiums blue. in the middle. Yeah, and then the pros on the left and the Ellie's on the, the right. Ellie's on the right. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I think this would be uh, a really nice uh, translight to hang up in in your in your game room if you like Rush. Uh, again, I, I think the art looks good. So. Um, yeah, it, it's just interesting to me the the release schedule that Stern has uh, because they they release this game and then of course within a few weeks the you know the pros are making it out to you know on location play the LEs are run next then then of course you know more pros and premiums come after that. Um, 
I mean, Stern just releases game after game after game, and uh, you know, despite the backlog that they have of orders that could go back for a year now, I mean, Brent, they, uh, man, they, they just continue to crank it out. It's 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 unreal, really, uh, by comparison with any other with any other company at I this w- point. I so. wonder what parts will fall off this. Do you think it'll be like the Mandalorian that you were talking about oh, in the I last just... episode? I don't. Well, it it could be that parts fall off of it, or the flippers aren't right. I mean, I just. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty shocking. I, you know, man. I just, I hate. I, I do. I feel that I'm so negative on Stern because they do so much for the hobby. They do. I do like their games. Yeah, but in it, it just seems like it seems like the the misses are just such simple misses from a quality that, control yes. perspective. Yeah, I mean the the, the for example and. and the uh and i think this is still the same switch they use like in all their saucers and uh in multiple multiple places and all the play fields it's just a little micro switch with the little hook on the end of the lever and i've burned through and seen those i don't know how many of them burn through i last show one of the big things was i finally fixed the one in my ghostbusters yes my ghostbusters is several years old at this point my ghostbusters has only been right there and has not been played like in a venue right and where i've i've opened games that were in a venue and the switch falls apart i mean just a little uh, it's a switch but there's other things like that like the the flippers constantly chewing themselves up aside from the fact the one that was very common apparently in in godzilla that had the wrong sleeve in it and just chewed itself up against the bracket and I mean, you open a new stern after a few flips, and there's gold dust in the bottom where the where the the uh, um, the, the cool stop is just burning itself up, and yeah. the not to mention the the shooter lane typically blowing it. I just, I know, I just, and you know, we've got good, <laughs> we've we've become friends with people that work for Stern. Uh-huh. I, I appreciate all that Stern does, but it just it's just it seems like these things aren't aren't insurmountable problems yeah i get that i get that i I just can't grasp why you can't deal with this this a handful of simple things which which comes down to some quality control and a handful of better parts just to make the product just that much better would would do would do wonders there if i'm going to complain about something i want to complain about something real yeah 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 not (laughs) not not about you know crappy crappy coal stops and yeah things just like think that. it's just yeah. like from a from a from the perspective of a consumer and the perspective of somebody that has kind of i'll be honest with you i've been around the block a few times if you can't do that right what else are you not doing right yeah what else are you kind of cutting on and then that just makes it hurt that much more when you look at the price tag warranted or not in yeah. the economy as it is today i understand so. that and especially when you apply that same uh that same logic to other fields of work mm-hmm. you certainly uh you certainly do have a point so i i, I get it yeah yeah so, i get it but I, I anyway mean, i'm a fan of the games and i'm a fan of 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 what they do for the hobby you know for the hobby or the industry and uh i mean they they set the they set the bar but you know criticism criticisms i think they're warranted are, are warranted and i get that you know yeah. my, my stance on rush is this i get that i mean not everybody likes godzilla not everybody likes yeah. that's you're not gonna make a game that everybody likes 
totally understand that. And that's why I was honest up front. It's like, I'm just not a Rush fan. This one isn't one that, yeah. I, I, I don't, I said, well, how did I put it earlier? I don't care, but I mean that in the nicest way. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, get, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, kind of like the prime, the Primus game. I, I just, it wasn't me, but I knew people that freaked out oh, over it that, because that they were, loved that were, Primus. That were ready for it. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. It's this, this underlying tide of stuff. You know, don't, hey, why don't you get a good um, known IP that isn't as expensive as Led Zeppelin and put a little bit more in your flipper max. Yeah. And, and a few other things. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, to, I totally get that. It'll be interesting to see how this is, re- how this is received long-term because uh, rush just isn't uh, at least as far as I know, rush isn't as big from a, a fan base or, you know, record sold perspective is, uh, is Led Zeppelin but this, this it looks like a lot more game than Led Zeppelin is uh just comparing the two uh even even when you look at it in premium or, or LE trim uh, rush seems to just be so much more of a of a of a game with just so much more on the playfield so much more to do so much more just i guess kind of quote unquote in the box so Did you say you say Borg designed it but John Borg designed it yes yeah correct so and i'm sure it's going to be a good playing game due to that no no doubt but uh i'm looking forward to playing it I'm looking forward to to seeing how the theme integration is, and and I'm looking forward to seeing if this makes me any more tolerant of Rush than I am today. So, um, and, and that's probably not a very flattering way to say it, but uh, but anyway, I, again, I, I'm I'm definitely mind open and, and ready to play it and see if it uh, makes me a bigger fan. Now, Brent, uh, here at the close of the show. Definitely want to want to use this time. I didn't want to start the show out with this or uh, or, or put it midway through the show or anything like that because it is uh, it, it is a, a somber note. Uh, we're not going to end on a somber note. I promise you that. But it, but it is something that has happened just very very recently. Again, we're recording here on January the twenty fourth of uh, twenty two, and this just happened two days ago on January the twenty second. Um, it was uh, it was uh, announced or the news was broke that uh, Lyman Sheets, uh, legendary competitive player and uh, rules developer uh, and, and, and game developer um, that, that has got so many games to his credit, passed away uh, unexpectedly at the age of 55. And uh, to Lyman's family uh, and friends, we can do nothing but offer our most sincere condolences and um, and just hope that uh, at some point in the future, the family can, can find some peace through, through all of this. But it's such a loss uh, to the world of pinball. Uh, his body of work, uh, and Brent, I have listed this out. Uh, I went to... Yeah, I was just scanning through this. It's I like, went wow. to IPDB and uh, looked up all the games where he has been a contributor and uh, it comes back with a lot. So he has, in one way, shape, or form, either been lead developer or contributed to the rules development on uh, 29, 29, <laughs> say this a third time, 29 unique machines uh, that, that are that many have reached legendary status uh, and are and are fan favorites uh, and have been that way for decades now. Uh, 55 listings on IPDB, but again, 29 unique games. I'm not going to read off 29 games to everybody. That would be 
uh, no, nobody needs to hear me do that. But I, I do want to cherry pick just a few of these, just it, just so that everybody understands really uh, just how prolific uh, Lyman was when it came to uh, rules development and code development in the, in the pinball industry. You've got Medieval Madness. You've got Monster Bash. You've got Revenge from Mars. You've got Attack from Mars. You've got uh, Tron Legacy, Elvira's House of Horrors, Batman 66, ACDC, uh, and of course The Walking Dead. We can't, uh, and Spider Man. We can't really mention mention him without without at least you know hopping on those those titles. And then Brent, I'm looking down, I'm, I'm looking down your row, and you've got one of his games, CSI. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, I've got, uh, see, I've got Tron Legacy and I've got Iron Man, which are both two of his games and I've got Batman 66. So I've got three of his games. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really just amazing. I was Googling, uh, trying to f- figure this out. I thought Lyman also contributed to, uh, several video games. Uh, I I just pulled what was on IPDB. Yeah, uh, I thought, video games. I, I didn't look that up, but Brent, you you very well could be right. And I'm just I'm kind of um, uh, I'm just trying to find something here really quick. Okay. And, well, I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and mention a few interviews, and if you if yeah, you find yeah, go that, ahead. Then, then we'll we'll put that there at the end. Now, Lyman uh, historically did not grant a significant number of interviews over the course of his career, but for the ones that are available, I, I'm going to list them in the show notes. Um, he he made an appearance on episode 50 of uh, Topcast. Uh, he is in a 2018 interview from the Slam Tilt uh, Slam Tilt podcast. He is in a 2018 interview from the Head to Head podcast, and then he was also featured on a, on, on a interview of the Pinball Profile podcast. And so, I, I I also understand that there is a yet as unreleased interview uh, on the Super Awesome Pinball Show, the Saps. Uh, podcast with Christopher Franchi that is uh, that that is supposedly coming uh, over the over the next couple of months. So again, uh, it, it is it's, it's just a it's just a, a huge loss, extremely unexpected, and in um, the the pinball community had just a, a beautiful outpouring uh, of support uh, there on the twenty second, twenty third as the news made its way through and. Uh, we put something up on the Facebook page, and again, it just can't be uh, can't be underscored enough. Just you know how how, how that hits, and anytime you lose somebody so uh, so pivotal and uh, critical to you know the overall community and the industry as a whole, I, I know that it hurts. So again, we our our sincerest uh, thoughts and condolences go out to Lyman's family on that. I'm gonna have to do a little follow up because I thought he had a hand in some actual in some arcade games at the yeah. time as well, and yeah. I, I see where he's done dots on some pins, and he also did dots on some uh, um, William slot machines. Oh, okay. So you know he was he was in the coin op industry it, other than pinball. Uh, yeah. I just I wanted to. I, I'm fairly certain I'm remembering that correctly, and I'm gonna have to just do a little bit more research. I just wanted to. I mean, he he. I, I always 
understood he was pinball was a, a major part of what Lyman did for yeah. for us. Yeah. But I, I I'm also fairly certain there was other ways uh, that he was contributing. That he was contributing yeah. in the in the, in the industry as a whole. Yeah. So I just wanted it, to kind of mention that. Oh no, and that that's very fair. Um, did you ever get to meet Lyman by any chance? I I did not. One yeah, of the neither did I. One of the years earlier years of Louisville Arcade Expo. One of the years where they had the tournament, like when you walked in the main the main hall, yeah. they had the tournament in the left corner. Yeah. I remember seeing him quite often. He was playing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to today being a little bit more comfortable in the show and in the community, I'd walk up to him. Sure. But this was early on in the show and kind of early on in us getting some exposure and getting to know people. Right. And he, and he was he was there for the tournament. He was yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. He was heads down. So I wouldn't have I wouldn't have bothered him there anyway. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I've. I've been in the same space as Lyman, but not I have not had an opp- did not have an opportunity to meet him. Yeah, and, and, and as I said, neither did I. Um, and it, it's it's a sh- it's a shame that I didn't you know, or that we didn't get a chance to at least you know walk up and shake his hand and tell him thank you and just you know just meet the man behind the name, uh, just to just to really get get I guess uh, you know just a better a better sense of you know of how how he approached things, how he carried himself, and and everything like that. But uh, his reputation. Pers- precedes him and uh is obviously obviously a a huge loss to the community um but one thing that i I did want to say brent and i do want to end this episode here on on a bright note and i I do want to take just a minute and personally say uh thank you Uh, from the bottom of my heart thank you to everyone who reached out and contacted me uh after episode 102 it was quite a few people. Um, I, I got messages via Facebook, um, via uh, WhatsApp, and you know via email and uh, everything along the line. And uh, I can I can only say that I'm humbled and I appreciate just the uh, just the the uh, approach and and just the amount of uh, really just the outpouring of of goodwill and wishes and care that that I received um, you know after episode 102 aired and. Uh, I, I really appreciate that, and, and it helps. It truly, truly helps. So, again, thank you to everybody. Uh, Brent, where can everybody find us here at the end of the show? We can be found on iTunes. And, uh, uh, you know, I always, this, I always think this is an inter- interesting section, Whitney, not only in our show, but in other shows I listen to. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. If I'm listening to you or you're listening to me, you found you, me. You've already found <laughs> us. Exactly. You know, so, hey, you know something? It, it, 103, ep- 103 episodes in and you actually bring up the most obvious point of the show and it's like why do we even do this well <laughs> Whitney every once in a while blind squirrel finds a nut yeah, true. okay Very so true. Uh, but on iTunes in all seriousness yeah. uh, please leave a review for us leave a review for us on any pla- uh, platform that you, that you get us on uh, we would greatly appreciate it but iTunes is kind of the I guess the the big name in the room at least right now and if you leave a review for us it helps us bubble up in their search results and gets us out and helps us communicate and reach out and maybe bring some uh, uh some joy excitement and some comedy <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> to others yeah, yeah in our in our uh oftentimes silliness i mean obviously we can be serious at times but 
yeah, if uh, the iTunes result results will will help get our name out there and the show out there a little bit more. We do this for the love of it. We don't do it for the money. Uh, we also do it for the personal gratification of knowing that people listen. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> help me, Whitney. I'm digging a hole here. Uh, no. So iTunes, we're on Stitcher radio. Uh, and of course, uh, the Google play store. Yes. If you check us out at brokentoken.com, Whitney has, as part of revamping the site, added us to uh, a plethora and oh, yes yeah. Whitney I do know what that word yeah, means we'll call it a blue million uh, how okay. about that uh, of pod catchers pod aggregators pod whatevers and uh, uh, there's there's multiple ways to find us Whitney just for laughs I was listening to us uh, on uh, the television in my kitchen the other day. Oh my goodness! Because I think it was through the iHeart app. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. I just was like, I, I have to. And there we were. Yeah. And I was listening to us. Isn't, isn't that crazy? On the that, TV. Isn't that crazy yeah. though? How how that how that all just it's crazy plums together. But yes, well, it, we certainly uh, certainly do want to say thank you to everybody who uh, who's who has stuck with us over the years. We we hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll have some good follow up here. For, for next month. Hopefully we'll be able to get uh, Corey and Joe in to talk about Louisville Arcade Expo next month. Uh, we'll have a few follow-ups and uh, more arcade pinball and console gaming goodness. And until then, keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations! You made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. Since Whitney is my dad, I'll be nice and get on to the closing business. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast.brokentoken.com or use the contact page on the podcast website. You can call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528 and leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash brokentoken. Brett and Whitney are always posting up new content between the official episodes and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and just about any other podcast directory you can think of. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review wherever you found the show as the reviews help us in search rankings and visibility. Once again, thanks for listening, and as my dad always says, keep your quarters clean and game on. Well, the only question I really have at this point is... Yeah. Um, Whatever the main stuff is in this cereal, do you think it's going to turn my tongue red? Right? Uh, yes, <laughs> okay. I, I, think, I think it will. All right, well, that's, yeah. that ship has sailed. Okay. <laughs> it would be helpful if I actually used the mouse on the machine I was looking at. I'm like, well, I, can't, I can't find my mouse. I don't know what. <laughs>
wasn't many when I went to see Spider-Man. I think the word was already out that it was terrible. <laughs> dude. Oh, dude. You're, sl- you're slaying me, man. You're slaying me. 